0: Hello there. Yes, that is my Obi-Wan Kenobi impression. You're welcome, world. Uh, Hello to all of our listeners. Hello to my Reckless Rebel family. I apologize that I can't be there tonight uh, for this week's episode. I'm a little bit busy working and tip-tap-tapping my way toward my recital on Saturday, which is quickly approaching. I'm nervous, but we're getting through it. Um, I still wanted to give my brief, and I say brief in air quotes, my going to try-to-be-brief thoughts on Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 3 as well as uh, a Star Wars celebration topic. So starting off with Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, spoilers just in case. Honestly, I have no idea where I'm going with this. Um, I really enjoyed the first two-thirds of this episode. Uh, I thought... I I think the writing, the dialogue, and the acting are all so brilliantly done in this show, and they're being executed wonderfully. Um, There's some touching heartfelt moments that we've gotten already in episodes one and two and i'm i'm not surprised but it always kind of catches me off guard when they come up once again in this episode um but kind of get into the stuff that i don't really care for and i hate to say it it's the vader and obi-wan stuff the part when he comes out in the town i think is very unsettling it's awesome that's exactly what i want from vader it's it that's literally another perfect example of why he should get his own series that's just straight horror um star wars horror that is um but the stuff i really didn't like was vader and obi-wan their kind of half lightsaber fight um and it wasn't because the dialogue was lacking or that or that it was it or that it was written poorly in terms of what they should be doing or what what the characters are supposed to be in that moment it really was the way it was presented and i will say i read a review from star wars Net that kind of helped me flesh out my thoughts on this a little bit they kind of took my thoughts and put them into words so thank you to them um it was really the presentation of this scene i thought the directorial choices were a bit interesting like the cinematography of the scene was not that engaging um i felt like the editing choices were weird in the sense of i felt like i don't know that the cuts were like all over the place it was very wonky um I did like the lighting of it like when Obi-Wan ignited that blue blade oh my God it was so cool um the way it lit up his face and just lit up the scene in general um but yeah and then also the score the score felt like it was lacking for me in this moment too like I, I know this isn't their big rematch of the century that they've been hyping up but this is still the first time they're meeting in 10 years since Revenge of the Sith like the first two episodes and part of this episode have been building to this and it just, it felt very lackluster. I really wanted that gut punch, um, that intensity and I, it just wasn't there for me. Um, I also think that the location itself was weird. I feel like I could literally, I'm in my car right now. I feel like I could literally drive down a back road here in Jacksonville, Florida and find that location and find some like a gravel road and be like, Hey, this could work. Like it just felt very earthy. It felt very fan filmy, um, so unfortunately that was a bit of a letdown and it took this episode from possibly being great like i said the first two thirds i think are fantastic to going all the way down to just good uh, i thought it was a good episode it's weird to say it's my least favorite um it's really i i, I don't like saying that because it, it's not a good way to sum up my thoughts it's more so it's just the one i had the most issues with uh, i'm excited to see where the future goes with it um as for the star wars celebration topic how could i not talk about ahsoka um there was that rumor that the Star Wars Rebels there was going to be a Star Wars Rebels sequel series that was in, that was animated, um, and the other rumor about that was that it got canceled because Felony wanted to throw, maybe not all of that stuff, but try to fit it into Ahsoka, and then maybe just this Mando verse as a whole. I think that's pretty damn clear now. Uh, Star Wars Rebels is my favorite Star Wars show. It's it's my like third or fourth favorite Star Wars thing ever um I'm so emotionally attached to it I'm emotionally attached to those characters and I mean shit. the fact that we even saw the mural from the last episode in this Ahsoka trailer is just it it gets me so excited yes but it really just gets me emotional Um, so I can't wait for that. I know you guys are going to talk about all this stuff a ton more. I mean, I'm already pushing five minutes here. Uh, I do apologize, Thomas. This is supposed to be a cold open. I'm sorry, everybody. It's Star Wars. I have to talk about it like this. Uh, I hope you guys have a great show. And, uh, hopefully you should see me next week. I am a Jedi. Like my father before me. Kenobi!
1: Rebellions are built on hope.
0: You are part of the Rebel Alliance and the traitor.
1: I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. Never tell me the
2: odds. Well done. You're a rebel now. Hello there, Rebels. Welcome to Reckless Rebellion, the podcast with enough chaotic energy to fuel a Death Star. I'm your host, electrifying force sensitive that turns the line of balance, Thomas Carter Rochester, and I'm joined by the greatest minds the Rebellion has to offer. Up first, our master of chaos and pod racing enthusiast, King of the Hoth the klein felt
3: we're in for a long one tonight guys (laughs) i can already (laughs) tell we are going to be here for a
2: while (laughs) oh don't you know it hater of animation master of sticky fingers issues with the cold open for sure coach david thompson
4: now you will suffer jack now you will suffer
2: yeah, what's with that? What, what's
3: what's called up a Jack's craw? Guys? I'm actually
4: completely joking. I think a lot of his points, like he, the audience just heard, I think, are valid. I get it, um, and we'll get into it when we get there. Um, but I am definitely higher on this episode than Jack is, especially the last third. But yeah.
2: Mm. Mm, fair and since jack is not here we obviously need a fourth insane human being and from tennessee of the galaxy we got scruffy looking smuggler nathan johnson beaming in how you doing nathan
5: yeah uh, i'm just happy to be here i couldn't have handpicked a better episode to be on <sighs> no doubt about it he knew yeah. he knew he <laughs> knew, we knew. Nathan, i don't know nathan how, had the inside
4: he he's like yeah yeah couldn't have possibly picked a good one. Uh, a <laughs> little insider information.
2: Yeah. He's best friends with Dave Filoni. Don't, uh, I mean, spoiler <laughs> alert, real world humans. <laughs> uh, we are recording on June 1st and coming up on today's show. It is obviously part three of Obi-Wan. And our flagship topic. And we will cover about half of the Star Wars Celebration news in the Rebel Report. But before all of that, let's check in with the smartest seventy-five percent of this podcast, Phyllis. How you faring in your part of the galaxy?
4: Doing good, man. Doing well. Uh, for me, I just started. Uh, I teach full time, so the summer has begun. Uh, mm-hmm. I wrote a couple articles today at the direct.com that felt great for me because I don't write super like regularly. So I'm trying to get in a rhythm with that. So super happy where I am right now. It's really good for my mental health. I'm like exercising more in the mornings um, and stuff like that. So I'm actually I'm I'm really feeling great. Got a good haircut yesterday. The, mentally, I'm just I'm just there, man. I'm having a great time. I really enjoyed uh, this episode. Darth Vader He's my favorite. Mm-hmm possibly my favorite like fiction villain of all time uh, and it was great seeing him again today. so uh yeah, I'm doing well,
3: Klein. I mean, you know, the world continues to turn. It's <laughs> here we are. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like uh, <laughs> you are. are you are you are so high to follow that. Mm-hmm. I'm like uh I, I I guess another day on this side mm-hmm. of the ground is a great day to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's nice. It's summertime, or it feels like summertime. Finally, uh, I'm ready for going golfing later this week, so I'm looking forward to that. Mm. But I'm just, I don't know. I'm hanging in there. It's, it's been, it's uh, working. If I I've mentioned it a few times on the show. My day job, I work in like real news. Like I go home, I come home, I write for the direct. and That's fun time. That's today. I got to write about Chris Hemsworth being a Mad Max. But yep. being like doing like journalism stuff like real like I don't want to say hard hitting journalism but like it's been heavy over the last couple of weeks I'm going to be honest like mm. it's uh there's the 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 world continues to just throw just throw stuff at us and and it is cool being on it and being cool like following these stories and like and 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 getting the word out there but it, it, it I to say it hasn't taken a bit of a toll on the old mental the old brain be lying. I'm lucky. I'm happy that I'm here. I'm happy that I'm here. We get to talk about fantasy, Star Wars land, and laser swords and Obi Wan Kenobi. But yeah, it's been a been a tough couple of weeks. I don't know. I hate to bring down the bring down the the feel of the show, but you know, it, it no, that's is. that's okay. It is. Nathan, bring us back up. How are you? How are you doing?
5: <laughs> I'm great. I'm really great. Uh, that's kind of what you know. Things like Star Wars, MCU, DC. Whatever franchise we love, that's kind of what they're there for, to bring us out of the real world and give us, we can turn on our favorite Star Wars movie for two, uh, two hours, two and a half hours, and just not think about anything else. But golf, uh, you mentioned golf. I'm a big golfer. I just went last week. I'll probably be going sometime again soon.
3: Nathan, Hi. I'm worried. I'm golfing on Friday. I have okay. I only picked up golf at the beginning of the pandemic. So I'm out. to say I'm terrible would be an understatement. I'm bad. Um, <laughs> however, I did not golf at all last year. So I've really only golfed for one full season. Tomorrow, or no, Friday is my first day. Tomorrow, I'm going to the driving range. I'm going to get some pointers. I'm going to see if I can actually hit the ball. That's, that is the key. I need to be able to make contact with the ball because the course we're playing on Friday is apparently like, like intense, like like there will be people behind us watching us, and oh, I've no. got I've got to get the collared shirts out and the nice cargo shorts and that shave on. I I know I'm I'm afraid I'm scared. So like, <laughs> do you have any pointers for me? Like, can you help me along on this journey?
5: <laughs> I mean, not really. I just have okay, as enough. much fun as you can. Yeah, but, it'll uh, be it'll be good. Don't worry about people behind you. They can complain if they want, but I'm kind of in the same boat. I play on a course or I, I actually live on a lake. It's called Norris Lake. Um, it's one of the bigger lakes out here and I play at a course. It's I think it's the biggest course on the lake and it's kind of the same boat, but you just don't let, don't worry about other people.
3: What I'm looking forward to is we're doing what's called the nine and dine. So we get nine holes and then we get dinner. And yep. I was looking at this menu and guys... I'm going to be eating good on Friday night. I nice. am looking forward to it. Friday night, they have a special oh, that is a roast dinner, Friday night roast dinner with mm. mashed potatoes and yorkshire pudding and gravy and carrots and peas and thick cuts of roast beef. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. Mm.
5: Country mm. club food is amazing. Oh, I can't wait.
2: That sounds great. Thomas, how are you? I am doing well, man. I uh, edited some, got some voiceover reels put together today. Mm. I have cleaned my room three times in the last week. I watched Kenobi twice today, two and a half times if anyone's actually really wanting the math. And it's just, it's been, a. I think today's Wednesday. I've lost track of time in the last two weeks. We're here. We're doing it. It's Gemini season. So, you know, it's, it's gone well around this board it's it's really balanced throughout the force and, Jim and I, that's why david's so up by the way his birthday's is what it is? birthday powered. is approaching he's getting powered he's getting powered by the suns, by gods you know Ra, mm. r.i.p he gonna die from gore wrong universe let's jump into and we're off to our flagship topic Obi Wan Kenobi, Part Three. Before we dive into the plot of it all, let's go around the board, starting with Nathan. Thoughts and feelings on Part Three.
4: Can I add something to thoughts and feelings? Also, oh. uh, can we all rank the episode so far? God, damn. Oh. that's right. A little curveball at everyone. That's right, <laughs> oh, Nathan. God. Just throwing you... you into the deep end.
5: No, I've, I. This you is. Got it. This has definitely been my favorite episode. Mm. I, not by a super large margin, but um, I mean, I the things that I have that are negatives are honestly just nitpicks and I was just trying to find something to talk about in the negative. Mm-hmm. But I would say this episode three is my favorite and then two and then one. So I think they've progressively gotten better.
3: Mm. Okay. I would say my general thoughts on this episode is the the first thought i had when i finished this was damn this show is consistent like it is so consistent it is like it's maybe it's not gonna hit a home run every time it comes up the plate but it's hitting doubles like just like it's no one's business and i love that about it uh i really really dug this episode a lot i don't know if it's my favorite i really really liked it i just think i liked episode 2 more wow. um, and like the cliffhanger that episode 2 left us on mm-hmm. and the action of episode 2 I just I always love getting to know the characters more than actually like seeing the characters play around uh, and in episode 2 we we're still like getting to know little Leia getting to know this version of Obi-Wan getting to know mm-hmm. Reva who I've like like this episode specifically for me Reva like I liked it after I liked her after episode 2 this episode was like I really like her. I just they're they're in, they're introducing different yeah. elements with her specifically that is like she I don't still don't 100% know what she wants, but it kind of feels like she's just like, like wants to kind of be Vader's teacher's pet and I love that. Mm. Um so I would probably do it's really close, but I'd probably do 2 3 and then 1, but that's not saying anything against 1. Like I mm. think that as I said, I think it's all been consistent. I think this is this series if i'm going to like rate anything like this series hasn't dropped any lower than like an 8.5 but i'd say 2 and 3 are sitting up at like a 9 um yeah. i still think that we could i still think there's there is the potential to get to a like mind blown 10 out of 10 oh my god this is not perfect nothing's perfect but uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think we can still get there. And I think we will Touching get there, the honestly. Yeah. I do yeah. think we will. I, I tweeted after the show today. I said, Debra Hsiao, like, is climbing up my rankings for people involved in Star Wars very quickly. Like, Let her recut the prequels. Because the stuff <laughs> she's doing with the prequel material right. in this show, I'm like, man, if the prequels were edited like this or like in, in this context, I think they would be... Maybe not infinitely better movies, but at least a little more cohesive and a little more gripping. Yeah.
5: Deborah Chow and Brass Dallas Howard Star Wars collab.
3: Ooh. Oh, yeah.
4: So, I will say my thoughts. Um, I, I love this episode. I, I cannot say how much I like. Here's the thing. like I'm a huge Vader fan and just him being there, his presence. We'll get to the plot of it all, but like just his, when he first steps on to that planet and is walking around, like, oh my gosh. Like, I'm just like, I'm, I'm just in it, right? I will say my rankings, however, three is number one. Like, three, no doubt about it, to me, is number one. It's, this, to me, is really hitting where the series, I think, set up to go. Like, when it comes to Leia and Vader. Like, I think all three parts, and really, like, the main two parts of the episode were really well done. Um, I do have some critiques about it like my thoughts I think on this episode in general are kind of they're like a very lessened version of Jack's with a few little tweaks like I do have, I do understand some of his critiques but I don't they didn't really I guess affect me Yeah, yeah they didn't affect me as much as they did with Jack like specifically like maybe the choreography how it looked stuff like that like I wouldn't go as far as say like fanfic but I would go as far as say it doesn't look as good as him in Rogue One Right, like I went back and watched Rogue One, and that you know that scene, and I was like, I mean, Gareth Edwards, this does this does look better, um, in general. But I will, I mean, just you know, to kind of take take a step back, I think that this episode, the underrated part of this episode, everyone's talking about Vader, is just. Him and Leia, that continuation of that relationship, them on that transportation ship, the dialogue, the moments between the stormtroopers and trying to figure them out. It felt very real, felt very like on the ground. I think it's really fascinating seeing, and I think, like you said, consistency, episodes one through three, seeing Obi-Wan as this once Jedi who still like has the force. He's still kind of like, you know, he's aware of it. Obviously, he calls out to Qui-Gon consistently. But hes it's so ground level for like what we know of Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, like we really like from episodes one through three to now, it feels like so night and day. And it's cool seeing that character specifically played by Ewan McGregor go from like this, you know, this masterful Jedi Knight, very like calm and smooth and collected to like this bumbling guy, right? It feels um, very is,
3: human. That's very humanizing to see very him like human. bringing him down to Earth. And it's For cool. Sure. For,
4: it's like a it's a cool test of like it's almost interesting like allegory of like religion too. like we're talking about the force before we went live, like um, just, you well know, as. As. <laughs> yeah, right. How he's kind of like gone away from it, how he maybe be calling himself back in, how he's almost questioning it. I feel like in the back of I head, he's questioning it. Like what is balance? Well, what, anyway, I could go. We could go on, um, Thomas. What did you think? Can't hear you.
2: You, you, you didn't rank
3: it. I did. Uh, yeah, did. Three, I did. 312.
4: 312.
3: Two. Two. Uh, three,
4: oh, sorry. Yeah. 312. Uh, oh, okay. yeah. So, uh, just on that wow. for a split second, I, I liked episode one more than episode two last week. I'm sticking to that. Um, I true. thought episode one was a little more intriguing to me. It flew. It was like the fastest 45 minutes because it was the freshest. Um, but I thought it was, I thought it did such a great, great job of setting the groundwork. I thought it did a great job of Reva with specifically Obi Wan. And I will sure. say, I thought, to counter Klein, I thought that Reva took a step back for me in this episode, not a step oh, forward. But that's okay. my opinion. Yeah. Thomas, where are you at? Uh, uh
2: it's between two and three in my for my top for sure. Uh I like them for very, very different reasons. So it's really like comparing apples to oranges. But um this episode, man, it left me giggling like a schoolgirl. It left me screeching. It left me slapping my hand on my leg until it hurt. Uh, th- this 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 had this had moments of pure unadulterated joy when I should feel terror. Um, I'm going to just continue to blindly pitch a horror Vader series on this podcast until someone listens and then just does it because I don't have Lucasfilm contacts yet. But if I did, I'd be pitching my own show because this show. This episode specifically is a perfect pitch as to why a horror Vader series can work, why it would work, why it will work, and why they should do it. Also, Leia is still the GOAT, and um, I think we should just dive into the plot here.
4: Yeah, let's dive right in.
2: So it starts with Kenobi reaching out to Master Qui-Gon. He can't get past the memories. He's got Yoda's voice telling him about the pain, Qui-Gon telling him to train the boy, then Anakin's dialogue from right before their fight on Mustafar, you know, from my point of view, the Jedi. Uh, Vader is then getting suited up throughout that, um, and Reva's there to try and blame the Grand Inquisitor death on Kenobi. Vader only cares about Kenobi. And she is promised to become the grand inquisitor. if She proves herself. So the inquisitors argue in the inquisitorious castle. Once Vader is named dropped as having given orders, they all fall in line like puppies out of fear. And the fifth brother says, I will get what I deserve third sister. And so will you. And a key point of dialogue I think is going to pay off later in my theory. She says, I hope so. I genuinely hope so. (laughs) leia then asks kenobi about the force and i think we all kind of had our tits perk up here fellas david
4: time big time perking um i
2: juice oranges (laughs) right
4: (laughs) (laughs) yes um yeah this was like this was a shining moment of this episode this is this is a reason why this episode was at number one so far and like why i love this series so much it's like Little stuff like this, right? Stuff that I feel like we didn't get in the prequels. Where I feel like in the prequels, let's not forget, like the Force in some of the Metachlorians of it all, the Force in some ways wasn't this mythological thing, right? It was very kind of more, it was it was like kind of the government and calculated, there's a bunch of Jedis. It wasn't really dove into and talked about enough like it is in Empire Strikes Back or even The Last Jedi, right? Where we're really talking about the Force itself. This was such a cool moment okay it's like explain the force to me like i'm a 10 year old right and that's literally what happens and he says you know you know how it feels like when it's in your dark room and you're scared and you flick that light on and you feel safe like that that's it that's the force and that was just to me at that moment i'm like oh my gosh that is an amazing obi-wan i think like very true to the character too like to Obi Wan Kenobi, where we see him in A New Hope, specifically of like, wow, he does—he understands the Force, he knows the Force, and he's good at kind of explaining how the Force works, right? That, and you can now you look at the parallels in A New Hope of him explaining how the Force works to Luke, right? Loved, I absolutely adored that little back and forth, and that to me, beyond Vader, which I feel is like kind of the flash of this episode. To me specifically, like just seeing him is like phenomenal. And on his throne and Mustafar, like come on, um and him getting suited up, amazing. And by the way, I wanted to point out, him getting suited up is very like the way they had his armor and the tubes in his back. It actually like they made it very accurate to canon, like in the from in the comics. When you see him without the suit and everything, it's like the exact same kind of like format or whatever you want to call it layout of like how everything attaches and stuff like that. So that was very cool to me. Um, I just thought that was special. Like that was a real Jedi force moment that we don't often see in Star Wars these days, in my opinion and where it's like, wow. And it's so cool to think about where she'll go from there, which I mean, for Leia, she doesn't really dive into the force until after, you know, return of the Jedi from what we know.
2: Yeah. From what we know. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it is all just a feeling. And if she feels like she's got that light on, she doesn't feel that or she doesn't give in to that fear. Klein, what do you think about all this?
3: I mean, it was just such a it's funny because we were talking earlier about this series, like humanizing Obi-Wan a little bit and bringing him back mm-hmm. down to Earth. I thought that this humanized him in a completely different way. Like it was just like it was so Obi-Wan the way that he said it and the way that this this whole relationship that they're building when the leaks had come out before the show saying young Leia was going to be involved, I, like, to be completely honest, was kind of like, I don't know if we need that. Like, I don't, yeah. I wanted it just to be a Anakin Obi-Wan story, mm-hmm. but I'm so happy she's here. I'm so happy that she is, she is helping contextualize things for the audience and stuff like that and making him grow a little bit too, making him she's not a padawan but it's that sort of relationship again that obi-wan has kind of forgotten that obi-wan has kind of left in the dust this okay i have somebody that i'm caring for that i'm make i'm making sure they're safe and maybe i'll teach them a couple lessons along the way i really really liked this i love the way that he explained it to her that turning the light on moment was like perfect. Uh, and I think, is this when we get the, are you my dad? And no. Uh, I think it's coming up. She's, yeah, yeah. And like, there's just, they have so much dialogue together that is so, just me as a Star Wars fan makes me giddy and had me on the couch, sitting on the couch going, oh my God, like with my knees up, like, oh my God, oh my yeah. God, oh my God. Yeah. And something I did want to note here is, it's funny because this is a prequel character, but this moment specifically felt for the first time in a very, very long time felt very, very original trilogy. Like this whole conversation feels like it Mm. could have happened in a new hope. And in, and, and we, I don't think we've gotten a ton of those moments really since the original trilogy, not to say that the, uh, the movies and the things we've gotten since then have been bad, but this feels ripped straight out of those first couple Lucas scripts. Yep. Mm. Exactly. Nathan,
5: I think that you mentioned consistency in your overall thoughts. I think that overall, this show is doing a really good job at blurring the line between the prequels and the original trilogy. Yep. Um, but on the, the whole quote about her asking Obi-Wan about the force, when she said that, I was like, please don't just pull the line from a new hope. The, the mm. force is what gives a Jedi's power. It's an energy field. I was like, please don't say that because right. I wanted something new. I wanted a new analogy. So I really appreciated that they put in some uh, true effort to give us another explanation of the force, another way to think about it. Mm-hmm. And the Leia-Obi-Wan uh, relationship has been the highlight of the show so far for me. hmm
3: mm-hmm. She's electric. Like, I, oh, yeah. I we said it last week when Thomas and I talked, and then Jack and David, you guys said it on your segment as well. Like, like, yeah. I don't know where they found this girl, but it is like she is Carrie Fisher. I oh, have yeah. no idea she, how she it is, is incredible.
4: She is shockingly good. Like for a mm-hmm. kid actress, this could have gone so poorly. She could have not felt right so easily, been like t- being red lines from the, 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 the side. Like she is. That little girl is going places. Like it's not just the brilliant. things
3: she's saying, the it's way she says them she says are it, yeah. so Princess Leia. Like, it's mm-hmm. like this is, and even I have no idea how it, like, how, but even her look, it's like she has this look of like a little bit of young Natalie Portman and Carrie Fisher in there. And I have no idea how they found it. Thomas and I last week, we did research, and the person that cast this show also cast the first season of Stranger Things. So, no all it, of stranger things are all of stranger things so that makes you sense. It, it, like there's yeah. it makes a lot of sense when you hear oh, yeah. that but like i this girl is insane and she's like she's think about ewan mcgregor like a, a a an amazing actor a talented actor he's fantastic not just in star wars but across everything he's ever done and she is keeping up with him and i and what she gotta be she's playing 10 but she is she's definitely right around there she's not like 16 playing 10 years
2: old. yeah <laughs> no the thing that I really enjoy or maybe not so much enjoy is that his explanation is so different here than what he gives in a new hope in a new hope hmm. he's like selling an idea be a Jedi it's what gives the Jedi a strength it surrounds us binds us it penetrates he's teaching as a Jedi here. He's just a man trying to simplify something for someone he doesn't think has any power, which is For weird. a 10-year-old. Yeah. And like, like is, he is talking to a kid. Yeah. But it, it's perfect how he does it. But it's also, if you look at it, it's like, mm, I wonder how he would have explained it to Luke. I don't think he would have explained it the same way.
4: I mean, I don't know at this it, age. I feel like it was this like simplification. Just, and she asks, how does it feel? Right, that's what that's what he answers. He answers the specific question mm. of how does it feel, and he explains like how how it True. feels. It's it's not the question of like he does not ask what is what the force. Is the force? It's fair. more like how that's does the Luke force thing. feel, and that's exactly like Luke because yeah. like I think how this steps, is a how yeah Luke like wants to be a Jedi. He wants to get off Tatooine. He wants to be a starfighter. He has these great ambitions. Leia's upbringing is so different than Luke's. Like they're still am like. Uh, you know, she's she still likes to run around and kind of get into trouble a little bit and like not follow the rules all the time. But she's like she's curious. She's very curious, but I feel like she doesn't have that same like she's she's got the silver spoon in her mouth a little bit, right? Like she kind of has she she's she's born like they live totally different lives. And yeah. I feel like that kind of changes the way it looks like that. And I hope by the end of the series, because I'm trying to like not get into any like show critiques as it leads into new hope yet until the entire show's over. But I hope that they somehow, by the end of the show, really show us and tell us not to some stupid misogynistic reason why he wants to stay on Tatooine and end up training Luke and, you know, kind of just forget about Leia. They need to have an explanation for that. Maybe it's Bale talking to Obi-Wan being like, you know what, like maybe he, Obi-Wan wants to train her. And Bale's like, no, like we're going to do it my way. Been, you've been through enough. Yeah. She's going to wow. be a princess and she's going to be a great you know, leader one day. Right. And that's going to be her role. But that's this is not her path. Something like that, I think, would be really imperative to just focusing on, like Nathan was saying, how they've been doing a great job connecting the two trilogies, continuing that right. Setting up a new hope for it all makes sense. We watch it in at the end of June. It's like, wow, this is like amazing now. It's so much more Mm -hmm. context and so on.
2: Yeah, I love, I love, I love Star Wars. Uh, Kenobi fixes Lola in this scene here. They land on Mapuza, and then Ben sees a Force Mirage, maybe, of Anakin Skywalker. Big. Klein, th- wait, can, the, can you, I say something?
4: Asking, I was yeah, going to say, ahead. just big the amazing Spider-Man Two vibes.
2: That is all. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> for you, for you. Yes, kind. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Klein, how did you feel about having a
3: ghost show up? Well, I, I didn't. So, what I thought it was, was initially I thought that's the person that Camille sent them to see. And then I thought, <laughs> oh. no, it's not. It's Qui-Gon. <laughs> oh. And then... I He turned away and it was gone. I'm like, oh, that must have been Anakin. Okay. Uh, like it must have been like a mirage. But in my head, okay. there was like steps that I went through see, where I, I thought see, I see, it was... I, see, I, see. I, I didn't get a good... They only show... Them, I have no idea, David. You must have the most eagle eyes in the world. Because I have no idea how you saw that and immediately like could, could decipher that it was... I thought Christian. it was literally so his quick. face. It was so
4: quick. I mean, it was dark in my room. I'm watching in my nice little like, you know, screen here. <laughs> I, it was... And I was really freaking focused. It was like 7 a.m. It's definitely, I mean, like when he turns, I'm like, it, look, it looked like him straight out of episode three. It didn't look like even like Ian mm-hmm. Richardson mm-hmm. right now. It looked like mm-hmm. him, like end of episode three, exactly how he looks.
2: Nathan, question to you. Do you think that is Vader projecting himself? Seeking out Kenobi? Because
5: I think or is it like, Or is it like know.
3: weird force PTSD? That's
5: yeah. yeah. More so. Yeah, the PTSD. I don't I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it, but
3: I think. I don't know why that, Vader would project himself. Is yeah, that's
5: kind of what I'm thinking.
3: I don't know terror. why he
5: would. I think now haunt that him? Obi-Wan figured out that he was yes. alive, it's starting okay, to haunt there. him a little more. I don't know. I've not really mm. thought about it.
2: I think it's gonna to continue to haunt him a little bit more. Later on, bit Leia and Ben arrive at the coordinates. No one is there. Leia thinks they're just late. Kenobi immediately thinks they shouldn't have trusted Haja. Leia flags down Freck, who is a species I forgot to look up. Unfortunate for us and our viewers. Uh only for it to turn out to be an Imperial Minor. Freck, by the way, is played by Zach Braff of Scrubs and Garden State Fame. Shout out, Zach Braff. They pick up the some stormies, yeah. Absol- ab- absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> please. Yes, yes, eagle. They uh, they pick up some stormtroopers, which leads to the great line when I look at her, I see her mother. And then Leia sussing out that Ben knew her mother, she asks, Are you my real father? And then when he says no, she says, I wish I knew what he was like. Kenobi mentions that he has vague memories of his family before being selected by the Jedi, his father's hands, his mother's shawl. And he remembered a baby that he believed to be his brother. Kenobi had a family and he remembered it. What a great tie in tales, tales of the Jedi.
4: So one thing I wanted to not um, gloss over was the back and forth with the stormtroopers on this mm. transporter. I this was thought some of was the best Leia in the episode. So good. Yeah. Like first off, just Leia being the one that you know y- you don't talk, we- right? You're you're mute or whatever you say. <laughs> and then she's the one leading it like, oh yeah, this is my dad, blah 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 from tall and all this. And it's like it's it's amazing. And the, the moment when Obi-Wan accidentally calls her Leia, it's like like oh my God. And these, these stormtroopers were on it, man. They were, I mean, they, they were not like these idiots. They weren't complete idiots. Like we see some stormtroopers like in the original trilogy, like they were really <laughs> focused and they're like, they didn't trust him. There's like, they keep questioning. And then the second he says the wrong thing, it's like, I thought her name was, what did they say her name was? Luma. L- Luma. Right. Like I thought you said her name was Luma. And it's like, oh, that was her mother's name. And great, like double acting by you McGregor, where it's like, He's acting as Obi-Wan, acting like he's, you know, aloof or whatever. Um, I thought that was just a great scene. And I just wanted to like, the reason I didn't put a stop there is just because I wanted to make mention of like I thought the tension, this was this, I to mm-hmm. me, this section was the I don't know about in the whole series so far, but I think of this episode was the best directing from Deborah Trout, Deborah Chow I've seen. Um, and the
3: best writing, I think, too. Yeah. Just they, the back, I, it's just it, like cutting back and forth with the it, talking. Uh, yeah, and like maybe yeah, that's it. Young Leia jumping in and saying like, "I love the enthusiasm and just like boom this." And then when he does mess up, she plays it totally cool, like she's cool as a cucumber. Yep. Meanwhile, Obi Wan's there shivering. Like, uh, uh, I mean, her her mother's name was Leia. Yeah, and, right. And
4: I just thought yeah. that like all of it combined, the writing, the directing. It could have been such a boring like scene or sequence. And I, I was so into it. There was high tension the entire time. And that was just to me, like you say, like, great call, good writing, good storytelling, doesn't have to all be lightsabers out to have like a ton of tension where you really feel the stakes. Like, you're really invested into what's happening. So I just want to point that out. I thought like the stormtroopers in general were like impressive to me from like a story beat perspective where like they do go out like wimps eventually. Um, but at the one, same of time, <laughs> one of them
3: doesn't, one of them gets one of, <laughs> get sliced right in half of one of the most violent yeah. Star Wars things I think I've ever seen. Yeah, that was <laughs> awesome. It but, was fantastic. Uh,
4: I just enjoyed all of that. Like, I thought it was very true to the, you know, once again, true to the timeline and is true to these characters and really great tension and storytelling.
3: I will say as well, shout out. It will never get old for me. I know people in this CGI age hate it practical aliens in the star wars universe no matter how bad they look will never get old for me his yeah. mm-hmm. this this weird looking eater thing that zach braff <laughs> is wearing with his nose that's moving it looks so, so like the, you can see the puppetry but it's like i love this because that's just there's the thing i always love about star wars is it looks it's like a it's not a perfect future like there's like there's like trash cans that walk and like it's, it's like this dirty mucked up future and that some of these things are just like very evidently puppets i i i I adore and uh i thought i really liked this weird anteater driver and this this is the second like space pickup truck we've gotten in uh in this series and i kind of dig these just hop in the back i'll take you i'll take you wherever you need to go (laughs) yeah he was great
4: i loved his character how it was like you know, he's for the empire and he really believes in it, but he's not
3: a bad guy. He's just on the wrong side of history. You know, I did when he opened his mouth for the first time I
2: said, Oh my God, that's Seth Rogen. That it was not <laughs> Seth. <Rogen>. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> yeah. Nathan, this whole section, where, where, where do you stand on the, on the Leia and the tensions?
5: Well, you know that a project or a show or a movie has good writing when you know, the ultimate fates of, the characters in the scene but you still feel tension mm-hmm. like we know that nothing's gonna happen to leia or obi-wan but you still it's still a very high tension scene so that's when you know that something has good writing mm-hmm. um but another thing that i uh, that caught my attention was um leia says i thought the empire was supposed to be helping us mm-hmm. and then you have freck and he is very pro empire but
3: what's he say he says oh great to meet some like-minded people or something like yeah. that when they're talking yeah. oh we love me what she, she says we love the empire oh yeah <laughs> <He's> like,
5: <laughs> it just when you watch the original trilogy you see the rebels and you all it shows is how bad the empire is and this mm-hmm. one view of the empire when a lot of the galaxy it has actually brought order to that they didn't have before when yeah. the republic was still going
4: order and then the other side of it is where what is this planet that obi-wan explains how there used to be like family yeah. Uh, yeah. it's a bounds. mining planet right yeah yeah and it so it's interesting i i love that nathan because it's you're right like in some spots it's helped or like brought order and then in other spots it's like
3: obi-wan's looking around like
4: Damn, this used to be like a place where people lived and enjoyed life, and now well, it's just she this- yeah. she
3: doesn't know any better because Bail Organa at this point is still a part of the Senate. Like he's right. still doing that, and so yeah. like to her, it's like, oh, this is what my dad does. Of, yep. of course, the Empire's good. Dad helps out, and he might be like he is trying to help. He genuinely is, and Bail Organa is one of those good people in the Senate still trying to help out. Um, but mm-hmm. as we know, like it, it's it is it, it is a antagonistic force ultimately but yeah. like to her it's just like this is what my dad does so it can't be bad at the same time klein leia is not adverse to jedi right like
4: uh, probably many oh you know empire raised children males
3: influence as well right yeah
4: which i think is that, which makes leia <clears throat> this is what's great it makes leia such an uh, a better character i cannot believe that this show obi-wan kenobi is making leia a better character but it is it is
2: you're saying that she was perfect already i'm saying nice. she's a
4: great character before like yeah. A 9. <laughs> yeah. <10. laughs> yeah
2: so that's fantastic i agree uh i love in this section um that we get a little bit more of a view about how people viewed the jedi you know that they that have bought into the propaganda oh no are we in any danger um but it's also the very beginning <laughs> of what i thought was going to be coming forward and that is Leia's start and an introduction into becoming a spy and surviving out in the field. Very Mm -hmm. similar to Padme. Uh, we'll get to it a little bit later, but she does ask to be taught how to shoot and asks about fear and what it's like to deal with that undercover. Um, but I thought last week I was like, "Oh, this is what it's going to be. She's going to do this because of Kenobi and so far it's not looking bad. And I think it's just going to get further and further that by the end of this, she's not going to be running away from things anymore. I think at the end of this, spoiler alert: Leia's probably just going to be like, "All right, Dad, I want to, I want to, I want
5: to fight the Empire," and then he's going to be like, "Oh, really?
4: You want to fight me, Nathan? What are yeah. you we going to say?"
5: Um, one more part in this little section that uh, I wanted to say: when they first meet Freck and they walk up to the the little transport, um, mm-hmm. she introduces herself and then she says aren't you gonna say hello father and i was like oh we're about to get the line and then it didn't happen he just Uh, said hello mm
2: -hmm. i thought that same thing i was really hoping we were going to get that i was like i was like do it do it Hello, And I was like, ah, yeah. I don't think what we, did we set it. the over under at.
3: I think we said we were going to get at least three and a half or something.
2: Did we? I think no, so. I Ouch. didn't
4: agree to such things. No,
2: nope. <laughs> um, I, I, we'd be lucky if we get one. Hey, I love. love um, diving back into the plot. Kenobi gets probe droids scanned at a checkpoint. Then he fights off some Stormies, and one falls on an energy beam and gets sliced in half! It was awesome. Uh, They then get saved by Imperial Officer Tala Durith, played by Indira Varma. The Inquisitors are on the move to chase Kenobi on Mapuza. They uh, they meet Ben and Leia. Ned B, a loader that can't communicate. Then they enter a path. uh, They enter the path. A link of safe houses in systems where they smuggle people into new lives, including Jedi. Uh, the ones helping, though, are not all Jedi. Real fast, yes or no, there is no other answer. Did Cal Kestis start this path? Nathan, go. No. David, go. No. Klein, go. No, but I think he's heavily
3: involved. Yep. Hmm? I like Klein's, Klein's answer are the we're best. We're getting him. We're okay. getting him. Okay. It's happening,
2: guys. Yeah. You it's think so? Happen. See, here's what happened to me, well, Wait, Klein. we don't have time. We'll get there. We'll uh, get there. We'll get there at the Jedi Way. Oh, uh, the Jedi Way. We, the Jedi Way. That's a great time to bring him in. We get a briefing on young force sensitives being hunted by the Empire. And then we get a Quinlan Voss shout out um, that he helps now and again smuggling younglings. So he's still involved. Are we going to meet Quinlan Voss? I'm not going to freak out. There's an important line that's written there when uh, in his inscription upon the wall. Only when the eyes are closed can you truly see the way, the Jedi way. Klein,
3: this line is so is so like if this show came out in 2012, think of the Tumblr blogs that would have just like black and white photos of Obi Wan with like this line over it. <laughs> <laughs> like, well. I guess I, I can't I, post that on Instagram I know, now. I know, I um, know. But like what I wanted to bring up here, I wrote a stop in the document because like, so to us, the Jedi way has been a thing forever and ever and ever. And I guess maybe I've just never put two and two together. But in recent years, the way has kind of been taken over by Mando. It's been, yeah, this is the way. This is the yeah. way. This is the way. This like We have seen it in the Mandalorian. Like, And, and I know st- people who are, I'll say casual Star Wars fans. I mean, they don't host Star Wars podcasts. They know this is the way because of Mandalorian. Um, what I'm very interested in is maybe you guys, because well, maybe not David. You're not as well read as Nathan and Thomas are. Mm. They're the holocron mm. keepers here. It's true. I want to know, like, do you? Is there any connection here? Like, is there any between the way and? The like the way here and the way of the Mandalorian like is is there mm. any tie at all?
2: Um, I'm gonna go with no. There okay. there might be deeper it's just in the, the back. Way, of, the, like, the way that it's like, it doesn't say the Jedi mm-hmm. way. It just is the way, right? The way, yes. Which I think is left for interpretation. Which to me, I have to inter- because they can't put the Jedi way right. Maybe the way. For Mandalorian was taken from pre Vizla when he, you know, left the Jedi Order and became the Mandalore. Maybe he cut Jedi out and said, This is the way. And back then it was, This is the Jedi way. I think it ties in because Quinlan Voss in Dark Disciple. Is also pretty much falling in love with Ahsaas Ventress the entire time, and they're falling in love with each other, and it's a great story. And Ahsaas Ventress comes back to the light, and then they fucking kill her, man. And one of the last things she says to him, he's like, "No, no, no, you can't do this." He's like, "It's okay, I'm already gone. This is the Jedi way." And then just boom, dies. And so, uh, it's somewhere in there. It was when your eyes are closed is the only time you can truly see what's going on with the Force. I'm pretty sure there was a discussion about that between Ventress and Voss. So, it's kind of looping a couple things, possibly from the books, but it's more about uh, inspiring hope and to remind everyone to just close down a little bit, don't freak out, and you will survive this. Nathan?
5: Uh, First of all, Dark Disciple is a terrific novel to read. It's full canon, so mm. but I I would highly recommend a listen if you're an audiobook person or a read. It's it's good stuff. But um I I really don't have anything to add to what you said. I pretty much agree with all of your points.
3: Okay, I just I wanted to I didn't know if maybe I had was missing some thing that was mentioned somewhere but it just it did it did feel very when they said it I'm like Mando yeah um, no totally mm-hmm. I think
4: that was on purpose I mean like yeah for Disney plus Star Wars like the way I mean that
3: is well for a lot of for a lot of like you think about it for a lot oh. of people Mandalorian oh. is Star Wars exactly like, like, for a lot exactly. of people like that is and 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 they've fallen in love because of that or or maybe that's all they've seen yeah is just the Disney plus stuff yeah I mean, that I mean? was interesting
2: when was the night of a thousand tears that might not have happened yet. So it could have been someone like Quinlan Voss, maybe on there trying to help them. And then at that point, death watch like dips out. Right. I don't know.
4: I do want to take one second. Um, I was going to say it earlier with the Cal of it all. Klein's all it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I was pausing and staring at those stupid freaking walls so <laughs> so, bizarre. so bizarre. i'm like i'm like i'm like clicking clicking like trying to frame and see it's if there is a cow when, test when they were in written there, on there
3: when they were in there and you ones looking at the walls and stuff i'm like in my head, I'm imagining what you and McGregor would sound like saying the words Cal Kestis. I'm like, no, he can't, not here, not here. Like, I just couldn't imagine it for some <laughs> reason. I'm like, but yeah. I don't know why. Just the words, just it, it, it hasn't happened yet, and it's gonna happen eventually, if not in this series, sometime. But like, hearing the words Cal Kestis spoken by like somebody. I don't want to say important in Star Wars because at this point everyone's important in Star Wars, but like one of like the figureheads, like you and McGregor are saying that, like, yeah. yes, the the game is canon, but like him saying that is like, okay, no, like it's, it is canon. Like it's canon.
4: Yeah, yeah, no, for definitely, there is something to like canon, right, where things can happen in comics and books and even like mm-hmm. animated shows or video games, and you take them to a certain level, right? You, you kind of know a bit more than the average Star Wars fan. You're like, oh, ah, in canon, like, like for instance. The Grand Inquisitor dies. I'm like, yeah, wow, cool. And we, I keep watching. And people that have watched Rebels are like, what? Like, how could this be a thing? You know, and it just adds more context. But there is something to it. Where it's like if it is in a movie or a live action TV show, like this is really Star Wars. This is where the mo- the majority of people are just taking in Star Wars. Um, and I, I'm gonna go against Klein on this. We're gonna see what happens over the next three weeks. I do Ooh. not think Cal Kessis pops up in this show. And I don't even think he, they mentioned his name because if they were going to, it would have been right here, in my opinion.
5: He's starting to, yeah. he's starting to get into more things. I don't know. I'm kind of, kind of siding with Klon. Um,
3: um, I talked about it. Like, like I think la- last week, seeing that Jedi Fallen Survivor Je- Je- Jedi Survivor tra- trailer. I keep trying to say Jedi Fallen Survivor. Yeah, <laughs> Jedi Survivor trailer. There's a reason that his new character model looks way more like Cameron Monaghan than the other one did. And it's not just because that the PlayStation five is out now. Like it's (laughs) there. He is coming at some point. There is a reason Mm -hmm. that they are making that face look a little more recognizable. I want Mm -hmm. it to happen. I
4: just I feel like if they were going to make mention of him or like do something with him, it would have been right here. But I could be wrong. There's three more episodes or and whatever else they do. Mm. But for this series, Mm. I think it's not going to happen.
2: Well, we'll find we'll find out because the timeline gets moved up. And Leia asks if it's scary to have uh, having to pretend. And uh, Tala says it's worth it if we're helping people. Then Leia wants to learn how to shoot. The door opens and the gear really kicks in because fear kicks in. Invader arrives, choking the innocents, snapping the neck of teens, dragging ladies through the street, instilling fear to power his grip on the dark side. David,
4: do it. Come on, man. Like, come on. This is what we're here for, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I could not believe I mean, I could believe it, but I'm like, yes. I'm sitting I'm like, yes, let's go. This is it. This is what I'm here for. This is Vader. It's another one of those like, oh, he's just, he's just so scary. Especially I think now, like bringing him in, like post, you know, I don't know, 1983, right, where you can do a little bit more with him, like add, like there's like they they did they really just dive into his like cruelty and like especially here, right? He's it seems so he's just trying to pull Obi Wan out, right? He's just – he's sitting there. He doesn't care about these people. He's just like snapping bones and snapping necks and pulling people around just trying to draw Obi-Wan out. I'm like that is the most badass Darth Vader I don't give a shit thing where he's just like I don't care about these people. I'm here for one goal. I don't care how many people I have to kill to get it done. And it was just so true to this rageful, angry Vader. I absolutely loved it. And I do – I didn't put a stop but like we we will – Talk about then finally the altercation, but like this just opening walking through the street. We get the. I I do wish the music uh had been a, maybe a little more a little harder. Imperial um, March maybe. Give me something, jet or uh, Klein. Give me a little something, a little 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 something there, because
3: I, I think dark deeds, dude. Oh man. No. Oh, <laughs> oh
1: man,
4: see that's what I'm saying. Like just go for it, Obi Wan. Show just go for it. Just do do the like i'll never forget in uh watching no way home i my fiance say next to me she's like looking at music like, they're really doing everything aren't they and i'm just like yes this is amazing like, just just do everything just throw the music just
3: throw the little lines like just there it was a second after this happens right when obi-wan is starts to get chased by vader there was, and they haven't used a ton of recognizable recognizable music yet. I think they're saving. I think we will get Duel of the Fates and Battle of the Heroes together. We'll get that like mashup. <laughs> yep. Um and, oh, but they're man. saving that. They're like, we don't want to blow our load now. However, we do get a little bit of the force theme <laughs> mm. when mm-hmm. he gets chased, and it's in this like terrifying minor key for the first time. And it's mm. just you just get the like the the little <laughs> mm-hmm. the little tiny vignette that we all know. And then it goes into like menacing music. And I thought that was very cool because I'm like, Mm. oh, I have not heard this musical touchstone used in a negative way before. (laughs) Like, yeah. It is very okay. cool. I, did, he, I didn't I did see... It didn't happen on screen, but I imagine, because I'm also watching Stranger Things right now, I imagine he was walking down the street just, like, snapping people like in Stranger Things Season yeah, yeah, 4. Yeah, 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 right. Where just,
2: like, crumpling them like paper.
4: <laughs> Jeez, imagine that. It looked like he was
2: about to do to the Obi-Wan there. He um, could. He could. Nathan. Vader's arrival.
5: Uh, so, when... He before rock right, right before he came out, I was sitting in my chair, just watching, taking everything in, the, the and then as soon as Obi Wan sensed Vader, I was like, Okay, I, I know what's coming. So I kinda, you know, set forward in my chair. When he starts walking down the street or whatever
3: and in he street
5: he grabs the person out from inside of the like the the little store or whatever it is and pulls him through the window. I stood up, and I felt terrible. But from that point until after he had killed all these people, I had the biggest smile on my face, <laughs> and I felt horrible. So good. But, <laughs> I mean, what else can you do? You it's can't, like-
2: I was going to say, you can't help it, man. Like, come on. It was so good. Oh, so I, th- good. I think I tweeted uh, that I – I I screamed for joy in a moment. I'm really not proud that I screamed for joy. Yeah, exactly.
4: <laughs> <laughs> when he clicked because, the guy's neck, I was like,
2: "Oh, oh. yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a teenager." Yeah. He goes, "Dad!" <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. oh, and then he just grabs the lady and drags her down the street while choking Dude. her to death. Like, are
5: you Dude. kidding me? I, I was leaning yeah. into me- the screen. Oh. I was leaned I- into the screen, going. we've talked
3: about it on the show before that like it was amazing at the end of rogue one getting what we did with vader because it was for the first time we had seen vader in like i'll say full power like at 100 Mm -hmm. battery when he fights luke he's kind of just like yeah yeah like he he knows that luke isn't really 100 a threat yeah and even when he fights Obi Wan, maybe it's just technical limitations of the time. Like y- you don't get the sense that like, oh my gosh, like this guy's unstoppable. Yeah. But like this, and then with Rogue One, it's like, give me more pissed off Vader, like because yep. he just he's like he's unstoppable. Like that's what he is. He he is. There's nothing that can get and his way. He's and he's
4: you- so he has he's carefree about it. He literally oh, yeah. he's so knows. nonchalant and. and- thomas back to the plot like then the next part is like (laughs) the most nonchalant i would say which was
2: this is where i want to stop because kenobi is found by vader only to run away again kenobi ignites his saber which shout
3: out to this scene before we move on shout out to him igniting his saber because it reminded me of it it reminded me of finn in um, uh, mm. in yep. episode Wiggins. seven, yeah, where it's all dark and all you get is the blue, yep. and yeah, and it's just like this is beautiful,
4: awesome, and it was out of also, fear, you know. Also, when mm. Vader
3: ignites his saber for the first time here, it's the shot yes. of that trailer, yes, or another yeah. trailer, the shot poster. of that poster, poster, but it's dark <laughs> instead of white, and it's
2: like, oh, yeah, this you mean so week, cool, this week's poster, oh, yeah. yeah, this week's poster, uh, it's gonna be great. Um, he Kenobi questions, What have you become? I am what you made me Kenobi evades. Then they finally clash. Vader aggressively overpowers. Kenobi corners him ignites some flammable shit with his lightsaber. Awesome moment. Force drags Obi-Wan into the fire. Your pain has just begun. He force pushes him back. Snuffing out the flames. Tala shoots. A Stormtrooper then ignites the flames again, Ned drags Kenobi out. Tal is going to get him to Jabim to meet up with that crew, Cal Inquisitors are tasked with sweeping the planet for those helping Kenobi. Earlier, though, Reva was sweeping the town, and she finds the path and circles to be at the very end to now meet Leia at the end of the episode. Don't be afraid. Come here, little friend. That's what she should have said. But then Leia runs away, end of episode. Let's jump to the fight. Because Jack had some, Jack had some, Jack was not a fan of this fight. And it has taken me a very long time to figure out why, canonically, Vader and Ben in episode four, their fight just sucks, right? Canonically, what could it mean? I've always kind of felt that they were feeling each other out Because you never know, like at this point, they're old adversaries for 20 years. They fought. I always felt that maybe they're just feeling each other out. This episode very, very much is in line with that. Uh, And it helps kind of push us forward because Kenobi, once he runs away, Vader is like Vader already thinks he's the man here. He's like, I'm going to swash this little child, just like I'm going to do my son and cut his hand off. Uh, he just overpowers him. It's clunky. It's clunky because it's a robot just beating the shit out of a man who can't handle it. And then when he uh, gets to the point, because he, he they fight and then uh, honestly, Kenobi runs again and then he's cornered and pushed away. And that's where the flames come from. Kenobi has no chance in the world. He is barely able to block. He's barely, he can't even parry and attack. His attacks are like up high and over here. And he is just so not ready to face anybody with a lightsaber, much less Vader. Um, and Vader is just testing him out. Oh, okay. Oh, you're not very impressive. He even says the years have made you weak. And it's very, very similar to how he treats luke in empire it's all fun and games until i realize that you don't stand a chance and then i just torture you a little bit here kenobi gets a little bit of uh, vader gets a little bit of vengeance with burning kenobi just a little bit which was very unsettling uh, we least. talked
3: about earlier with the with the late the stormtrooper getting sliced in half. Oh yeah. I I need to correct a statement earlier. I said that was the most violent scene I think I've ever seen in Star Wars. I think this is the most violent. Like the the way that the camera just sits on Ewan in the flames screaming is terrifying and mm-hmm. so not the like. Whimsical, Not mystical, nine Star or, uh, Wars,
4: above or whatever the rating was
3: about to, I was about to say, remember <laughs> the rating story? Like it, like this whole sequence is <laughs> so. I think it's such a great. I'm gonna say appetizer, and maybe that is why it doesn't feel like it doesn't hit quite as hard because this isn't the showdown It like we are, we mm-hmm. will get something else. We will hear duel of the fates. We will get a quote unquote, maybe not fully powered Obi-Wan, but at least an Obi-Wan who is, who, who has rekindled that connection a little bit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And yeah. And, yep. and, and, and we're going to get a sequel. Um, and I can't wait like this. The, I didn't think we were going to get this.
2: I, I'm surprised we got it this early. Me too. Yeah. Really? Really quick on that, Klein. He's totally not tapped in because he is just full not of fear. At all. No, and not. he has no light on in the dark. Oh, yeah. like his and even with the saber, he's
3: just yeah. he's swinging. He almost, he like a couple times, I thought he was like, it looked like he was going like, to singe himself a little bit accidentally because he's just floppy and no... Usually it's so, it looks smooth, but it's really highly accurate the way they move their sabers and mm-hmm. stuff. This looks like, He's picked it up for the first time, and is like, "I'm figuring this out," and am up against something that there's. He knows that he can't win.
4: Yeah. Oh, no doubt, Nathan.
5: Um, and two, Obi Wan uses Form Four, which is a pure mm. defensive full lightsaber form, and I, it. He obviously didn't have any of that. Like, he's not in tune at all with the Force. He's not even using his form that he's comfortable with. And like you all were saying, he's Vader didn't even put two hands on the lightsaber.
4: Nope. Nope.
5: It was Uh, just one handed, just swinging down on him because he knew he could.
4: It was, uh, dude, like I, I do agree. (laughs) This scene, this scene could from Jack's perspective, this scene could have looked better. In my opinion, it could have felt a little different. It could have looked a little more cinematic. Let's say I do think I do think it looked like a little TV-esque. I will give it that. I do not think it felt cinematic, but everything that was happening, I thought was amazing. Like Vader one-handed, like toying with them. I feel like there was so much, like Thomas alluded to earlier, like a lot of parallels. Uh, kind of a reference to Empire when it's Vader and Luke, right? That one-handed toying with him, understanding that he is truly in control here. He can do what he wants, and I love the fact how, you know, he mentions. And by the way, he mentions the Obi Wan and A New Hope, how his strength or his like his powers have weakened then too. So yeah. that's kind. Of, it's another like a, a similar callback where it's like. Yo, you know, eight, you know, with all you've lost your powers or whatever he says, like you, you've gotten weak over the years, and it's Ooh. so abundantly clear to him that he's like, and what from what we've seen in the first two episodes, it became clear that like Vader was going to be way more powerful than Obi Wan is in this current state. I cannot the clear far and away best scene we've had in this series so far to me is him just being like, you know what, like he, he like pops a little smoke in his face and it's like. Vader Bitter, like, all right, I'm over it. Dumps the flammables on the ground. Just force grabs him in the air. Obi-Wan Kenobi. I mean, just, just help, completely helpless. Just sitting there like a, a helpless little kid flailing. Drops his lightsaber slowly mm. and methodically. Puts his saber down on the flammables. And then pulls him down and drags him in. Starts screaming. That was horrifying. I mean, like we said it earlier. One of you said earlier, like that was so scary and it was amazing like the line delivery from vader and it just like the just pure revenge he wanted right it's like now it's your time to suffer or whatever he says and it's like or now you will suffer obi-wan like it was so good and it's
3: only just begun
4: and even um yeah and the other line he had too was like, you should have killed me when you had a chance like stuff like that. like yeah. people complain there wasn't enough um talking, which I would agree. I think obi-wan should have spoken more. I was surprised he wasn't as using his words as defense and trying to like talk to he's Anakin. Just, he's
3: just seen a ghost though, right like right. he like, what I said, he yeah. is he is he is grieving all over again because he yep. thought he said goodbye and yeah he did he he did something worse than killing his best friend I, he turned I, him into a monster.
4: Yes. I do think, I mean, I'm fine with how it was. I loved it. But I do think there was opportunity for Obi-Wan to maybe be like using his words to defend himself a little bit, right? Like trying to be like, hey, and like, blah, blah, blah. blah. Like, like he, I feel like he really is not begging for mercy, which I think is maybe to Obi-Wan's credit, but something that I think could have happened and maybe try to talk Anakin down like he knows him. In this case, it's like, it's exactly what you say, Klein. It's like seeing a ghost. He's is just he's outwitted and he's just trying to stay alive. And a kind of prediction that I had, and this is not the final battle, but one thing I said was that like the Obi Wan Vader clash. This is probably the first of two we're gonna see. Will end with that kind of like yeah, that Force Awakens kind of where it's circumstantial, right? Like he can't get across, and and I thought that was a like. I'll dive into it now. We can kind of focus, like, kind of get past this part and get to the ending a little bit. Like, I thought that was kind of fine. Like, it was kind of meh to me. I'm like, all right, yeah. like we get it. And it looked beautiful with like the, the flames going off of Vader's helmet and it's like that you're staring into it. That was amazing. Um, but I didn't love how that's how it ended. Like, even though I kind of predicted it, I was like, eh, that was okay. Like he he just starts the fire and it wasn't a problem really then, like of like being able to force hold him and stuff. But now all of a sudden it kind of It's a it's a bigger flame, and now it's a bigger problem. And just get they just go away, like can like walk around or something. Anyway, nitpick. Like I said, my actual issue I have with it at the end, I do not like how this episode ends with Riva and Leia. I to me, I texted to Jack this morning, and he agreed with me. The Reva, or especially the Leia thing, at this point, we'll see. I'll see how it goes. Right, we have three episodes left it feels a little bit like running in circles. Like, we don't need to have her in distress again, right? We know, like Nathan said earlier, we know nothing happens to her, right? We know she doesn't die. We know she ends up fine. And Reva, to me, took a step back. And I know it didn't for Klein, but to me, it's like, she just wants to be the Grand Inquisitor. Like, okay, cool. Like, she wants to be Vader's, like, next up. All right, that's not super, like, intriguing to me. And now she's just going to, you know, take Leia like that. That now just be Reva and Leia next episode. I'm like not excited to see that. I would be more excited if it was. I don't know. I I guess that's where only Reva could go at this point. Like, what would you do with that character? Because unless she just teams back up with Vader or maybe she's back on the hunt for Obi-Wan. But I just was excited. And I think leading into the future, we I think we are going to get Obi-Wan tapping into the force more and almost like having a training kind of montage maybe not like mm-hmm. a little training montage but something right he has to get back into shape a little bit with the force I think Qui-Gon will play into that a little bit Yep. I just don't love the going forward like I love this episode but just at the end there, it's like Now we have to deal with the whole Leia's kidnapped again. Like, what? where does this go, right? Riva's not going to take her to Vader or something. Like, maybe she does. Maybe she does, actually. Because I actually did... eh, Well, now I'm I'm talking myself into a corner. Because maybe she does. Because I actually saw um, a tweet or something that was saying, like, at the beginning of Empire, or uh, beginning of New Hope, Leia seems to have a history with Vader, right? When she sees him and talks to him, it's not like it's the first time. So maybe that is it. Right? I think um, that was
5: Matt's tweet, wasn't it?
4: Was it Matt's tweet? Yes, it was no. Matt's tweet. Yes. Thank you, Nathan. Matt Rimke, friend of the show. Um, Shout out. He tweeted that out. And I thought that was an excellent point where maybe mm-hmm. it does happen. I'm just, kind. Of, I, 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 like I said, I, I love Leia. I think the actress is great. I kind of just want to put that plot to the side, though. I think it's, it's kind of reached its peak. And I could be
3: wrong. Um, but that's just we kind of do. how I felt. The thing is, is we do have to get Obi-Wan back to Vader is Definitely. the only thing. How right. do we do that? Re- like, I think that that is the, the lock, is that Rava's going to be like, hey, I got this kid. Right now, she, I don't think, knows that Leia is... that there's any relation, and Leia doesn't know that, and I don't know if Vader does. Does he? No, no he, he does not. not. No. So, he doesn't know he has, so he has kids. Him, no, to him, it's just this girl but then how does he know that luke is that's where it gets messy for me how does he know luke is his kid oh wait maybe
2: skywalker the uh, name skywalker so he Only doesn't reason. so he
3: so okay so he does not know he, he doesn't, doesn't know about
0: leia
4: though cuz like in is yeah. it empire he's like no no, no. return of the jedi yeah, yeah sister yeah.
3: like Yeah, so... Yeah, the eighth best story. I think what what has to happen (laughs) is, yeah, Raeva (laughs) has this kid uh, Uh. and we'll bring her to Vader and then then Obi-Wan is going to get to a place. Leia won't be there, but Cal Kestis will. And they will go, oh no, where is she? What happened? And then somehow, I bet you that we get like a joker-esque kind of like taunt of like hey i have like it's not a she calls out to him it's a vader or reva calls out to obi-wan and says Mm, like yeah hey like like i we have something you want and then it's gonna be a swore to protect both of them i need to go and pony up and talk to liam neeson and figure my shit out (laughs) it's it's coming dude yes liam is coming
2: yeah. I want to bounce off that Klein because it leads perfectly into what I think Riva uh, really wants here I don't think her motives are to be the Grand Inquisitor I, I I get a feeling that she just wants to kill Vader and Kenobi and I think that she pl- You know plot armor right is there for Leia. We don't need all this but like Klein just said You know Kenobi gets saved Kenobi yeah. is good to go. He's out. He's if, to- if, if,
3: if Leia was there, yeah. they He's could done. just head on back to Alderaan and show over. Could end.
2: Show over. Like, But, you know, she's needed to get Reva back to Kenobi and then utilize that to get back to Vader. I don't think uh, Leia's in any real danger with Reva right now because I have a, a, I'm have hopeful that Reva turns out to be Grey. In this matter, but I think she needs to get revenge what she's owed and what she deserves after Order 66 with Kenobi and Vader, the two people who set it up. Maybe she gets them all together just to pitch them to join forces and take down the Emperor. There's a lot of options here. Leia, of it all, though. She's going to now learn what happens like she's straight up about to be a spy at the end of this episode because she's got all these little things, you know, checkmark. She's already been kidnapped once she's getting kidnapped again. Now she's probably going to go toe to toe with Vader. I kind of think that's where it's going Um, because I was like, oh, he wouldn't meet Leia, right? Well, she hasn't opened up into the force yet. She's not showing symptoms uh, she's just symptoms she's symptoms. not showing signs <laughs> of the force <laughs> according to f- our buddy freck over here of the imperial mind colony it is it's a disease you know it's a disease oh Wait, didn't, well, they, say, you know, didn't they, Uncle they say that says it's material? a
3: viral
2: oh, didn't, well, okay. didn't grand yeah. inquisitor
3: if there was a grand inquisitor line in the trailers it's or a, like the, it's a disease compassion you-
2: is like a disease uh, it's an itch they cannot scratch uh but yeah um sorry david that you don't like leia being involved in this but she's about to probably get like as close to torture as you possibly can be before maybe Hope, even so. a little bit
3: i think we i think i mean i, I, I don't know that. how they film it but like i think we might get a little
2: all through the force. zap zap all through the four like like she did like the grand like um, kylo like Rava, yes, but like yeah. Reva also did to Haja. So it's set up in this time period already. Mm. So I think that might be the way it's just a more of a mind probe. What would mm. be amazing is if they can't get into Leia's mind probe, like they can't probe in. And so that's her showing signs, but subtly, um, mostly because I'm assuming you could kind of, anyways, let's just jump into uh, our quick ad break because because we we still got the news boys and oh it's a hefty one so we will be right back
0: hi i'm leah and i'm Ann. and we're she will rock you she will rock you is a bi-weekly podcast about rock history each episode we talk about an artist in their lives but we do it a little differently You see, we noticed there was a lack of ladies hosting music podcasts, so we wanted to fix it. And here we are, two badass millennial ladies talking about rock music our parents wouldn't let us listen to. As a bonus, you'll even get our beer recommendations at the end. Find us wherever you listen to
3: podcasts. And remember, don't do drugs. Are you looking to jazz up your wardrobe? Well, you totally can with our partner, theradbear.com. They are the number one nerd brand on the internet. All sorts of fantastic collections from Power Rangers. I see some ACDC stuff in here. All sorts of fantastic looks for you to add to your closet today. Looking for a Voltron t-shirt? A Gundam t-shirt? Today is the day to click buy. Head on over. That's theradbear.com. And when you're there, use Rebels 77 in uh, at checkout for 10% off. That is Rebels 77 for 10% off. Thomas just pulled up a Star Wars Tusken Raiders t-shirt. It looks like an Oakland Raiders t-shirt, and it is hella cool. Right, Thomas? <laughs> Exactly. That is Tuscan for I love the Radbear.com. So head on over to the Radbear.com. Use rebel 77 to check out.
2: And we are back. Let's go ahead and jump into the news, 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 news,
1: news, 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 news.
2: So I don't know if you Star Wars fans out there know this fancy little thing called Star Wars Celebration, but it's kind of a small, big deal. It happened this past weekend. We got uh, big news for all the Disney Plus stuff. Just a trailer for Andor, announcement of Skeleton Crew, Jedi Survivor trailer, Young Jedi Adventures, Mando 3 trailer, Ahsoka trailer, Tales of the Jedi trailer, Bad Batch trailer, Visions, no trailer. There's a lot going on, not to mention books, comics, comics games movies. and everything there was there was there was, there was a, a little movie bit talk. of movie talk
4: oh yeah Tyka's
2: movie mm. is next it's all set after the sequel trilogy you've been caught up david you have an apology to make we're gonna bounce around here with a couple of our favorite news topics we're gonna get yeah. as short as we possibly can we get some can?
3: like good like apology music like like um, maybe you could do it in the edit just some like nice like yeah, piano right like mm. some just like good like I'm sorry, like, yeah, yeah it's, already <laughs> it's like, it's like a thank up, you know, music? Vi- music from yes, like Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy
4: like, Fallon, yeah. yeah, that kind of music. Um, yeah, so Andor, starring Diego Luna. I have been so low on this and I think very rightfully so. I do not think that they have set this. This is like the opposite of. And I love this, right? I love getting surprised. I love when something you have zero expectations for and suddenly a trailer just brings you right in, right? It's much better than being disappointed. Um, And or the first trailer drops. Me and Clive joked about it so much in this podcast. Sizzle reel, sizzle reel. There's going to be 13 seasons
3: and we haven't seen a singular shot of anything. And we both joked, or at least I did, the premise of the show sounds cool, yes. It's like the cold war in Star Wars, okay, but show yeah, us something exactly. And we both love Rogue One, and it's so it should all
4: be it should all make sense, it should all work. You know, I, I probably said things like, uh, why isn't it a movie, even though that's for Andor? I don't believe that at all. This makes sense as a TV show, and wow, does this trailer. Does this show look amazing? I cannot believe, I mean, everyone, every single person that I saw on the internet and talked to was like, wow, that Andor trailer looks fantastic. The shots of Coruscant and just the ground level of the rebellion and the fear and the, you know, there's so much. I think to love. And I think just the cinematography, how it looks, it feels like a it looks loo- like it looks a movie. And feels like a movie, which to me is a win, right? It's like, wow, this just looks and feels incredible. And I think the story they're gonna tell is gonna be much more than just Andor, right? It is gonna be of this before the Rogue One, this rebellion, right? And them trying to, you know, just 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 uh extinguish them, right? Like the the Empire trying to extinguish. And it's it's set and I think it's what's cool is we've talked about before is like these Disney plus shows and eventually movies I guess but right now just Disney plus shows taking place in different time periods right and now we're getting we're going to go from Obi-Wan and then you know years later say say nine eight nine years later then Andor right and see how things then progressed within the galaxy and I just it just looked amazing and I I am. I'm still kind of stunned by it because there's been so many jokes said about it, and just kind of like I have completely poo pooed it. Um, but to me, it's probably my second most anticipated show at this point. If you don't count Obi Wan because we're already into it, it would be. Um, I would say Mando season three is number one because I think that show has just shown the m- most consistency, and I love that show. And then it's got to be Andor right there in my book. Like this just looks fantastic. It looks true to Rogue One and the original trilogy. And gosh, I just I couldn't believe how good it looked after all this time, after all these jokes, after all these kind of like jabs at it, it really lived up to not the hype. Like I didn't have any hype and it just like got me right back on board. I am immediately
3: super into this and very excited for this show what blew me away about it is it was like they've been listening to our show because like we <laughs> joked about how they're already green lighting this and doing this. Well, they announced here. They're like, no, we're doing, I think it's just two seasons and it will lead right in a rogue one. And that's the plan. And it's like, yeah, like, okay. Like this is going to be a contained story that will run its course and then we'll be done instead of, infinitely just putting stuff out and i'm totally with you david like i have to eat my words i knew i was going to be i knew there was the potential for me to be really into the show because i love that cold war era storytelling i love like my favorite kind of stories are these spy stories these undercover um Living amongst the enemy, sort of thing, and I think we're gonna get a lot of that here. I I really like Diego Luna. Like I think Diego Luna is awesome. Narcos is a fantastic series. He was great in Rogue One. Like I, yeah, I'm with you. I am somehow stunned, he looks younger this. in this, which is accurate. He looks. He is like, so handsome. Like, are you oh. kidding me? I wish I looked like Diego Luna.
4: Nathan, what were your thoughts in the Andor trailer?
5: Well, I was kind of with you all. I didn't... This was at the bottom in terms of upcoming It just had been projects. around for so long. Yeah. It's the only thing. And two, um, you all know that Rogue One is near the bottom of my Star Wars rankings. So... I was like, "What is? what am I going to get out of this show? I've not seen anything from it. The, the I thought the premise sounded pretty cool, but... At the end of the day, I was like, I'm not a huge, like, I love all the Star Wars movies, but it's not Rogue One as much as the others. So I was like, I don't really know about this. But then I saw the trailer and it blew me away. I, like, I think that Mon Mothma, just from the trailer, is going to have as big of a role as Cassian
4: yeah she, the she has the most speaking lines i want to say in, in the trailer and, mm-hmm. and looks great and i think fits in really well yeah. um i just can't wait i got it's funny it, it's you interesting wait long <laughs>
1: well, it's yeah soon. when is,
4: august 31st yeah yeah i think so yeah That. i mean now that, that's another bit of news like this is coming up next this is our next disney plus yeah. show um which i mean now it's like wow i can't wait it's 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 really it's genuinely crazy how I've completely done a 180 on this. Now it's like, wow, like this is going to be phenomenal. And it gives me hope for the rest of Disney Plus shows like they look for all, all that I will continue and I will continue to, you know, be mad and frustrated with the m- film movie side of Lucasfilm and Star Wars and make fun and joke. They're putting a lot of effort and energy and money in these Disney Plus shows. And it's very clear with Andor. There's no breaks. There's no, oh, yeah, this one, right? Maybe with the animated stuff, that it's a little bit of like, you know, it's a little more supplemental, quote unquote, right? Where not as many people are going to watch it. They're not expecting as many people to watch it. This Andor show, they're expecting this to be a hit. They're expecting people that all love Rogue One to get into this, that love suddenly what I think is very interesting about Star Wars right now is that suddenly, for general audiences, Star Wars on Disney Plus is a much more reliable piece of content than Star Wars in a theater. That's what's mm. happened over the last, what, three years? Yeah, three years, I would say. Like with Man, it was really the dichotomy between Mando and The Rise of Skywalker, right? Which Mando season two, people loved. Or no, that was season one, right? Twenty nineteen. Yeah, season Mando one. Season one people, well, people love Mando from the very be, from the very jump, and then Rise of Skywalker critically not didn't do very well. Audiences in general didn't like Rise of Skywalker, and I feel like that has been the split that's led to this, you know, this era of Star Wars where it is all. And I will continue to say it unless there is something officially out there. I don't give. I don't care what they say and what names they throw out and what just random buzzwords they can say about after the sequel trilogy and Taika Waititi and whatever the hell else. Kevin Feige Kevin Feige and Michael Waldron and all this. Rogue Squadron Rogue Squadron you know hey maybe they should green light Rogue Squadron immediately after uh, uh, Top Gun Maverick but anyway the thing is I just feel like this is their future and they're putting all their marbles in this and if they're getting more content like Andor which it seems like it's going to be great you know what Cool. Sign me up. I think this is going to be a phenomenal time and I can't wait for what they do next, especially like a a, a series like Acolyte, which is so new and different and it's like strange. If they're
3: really going in on that, I'm excited. I do think, and we're going to get to some of the other series that I'll mention here with Ahsoka and with Mando season three. And I do think that, yes, season one and season two of The Mandalorian were fantastic, but I do think that theres a there's been a dividing line where I think it was after Mando season one almost and maybe midway through season two where they really started to figure out what Star Wars on Disney Plus is and how to make these things work and how to make them specifically look great. You can tell a fantastic story, but if it's got a shoestring TV budget it's a lot of like, that's the first thing I personally will notice. We noted it the whole time we watched book of Boba Fett, but like you look at the way Obi-Wan looks, you look at the way Andor looks, you look at what we've seen from Mando season three and Ahsoka and everything is like, like it Andor looks like a movie. Obi-Wan looks like a movie. Mando season three looks like a movie and they're, they figured it out. Maybe it was pandemic production challenges or, or maybe during the pandemic, they really honed in what, how to make this pipeline work well, mm-hmm. but there's something about it that just like since basically probably after the first couple episodes of Mando season two, we'll exclude Book of Boba Fett because I think that it had its cinematic moments, but for the most part, I didn't think that it it was on the level that I'm talking about. But everything else, at least so far, has
2: looked incredible. Mm. Nathan. There's some other stuff that looks pretty incredible. What uh, what do you what do you want to talk Speaking about?
5: Speaking of Disney Plus, uh, so Shocker. from all of the celebration news, the one that probably stood out the most to me was either Mando season three or Ahsoka, but Ahsoka just for the fact that it's going to be that Rebels sequel, and Rebels is you know my is my definitely my favorite show. I prefer it over Clone Wars. Um I think that it might be my third or fourth favorite project in all of Star Wars. Um and I said many times that season 2 finale Twilight of the Apprentice best hour in all of Star Wars for me at least. So um just hearing that Ahsoka is going to be that rebel sequel and um seeing that leaked footage as Seeing Sabine and Hera and the mural, it just—I'm excited to see the Ghost Crew.
3: Mm. I will say, as a as a fellow Rebels fan, Nathan, that it all the news, not just the footage, all the news about that show, but like blew my mind. Uh, Just seeing it, I'm like, I cannot believe that this is happening. Mm -hmm. It it is straight up a Rebels sequel, which is awesome.
5: Yeah, and we Leave were under,
3: watch rebels.
5: We were under the impression that the rebel sequel was going to be another animated show. I think last year, like a year ago, almost exactly, they came out with some kind of report or rumor that there was an there was a rebel sequel in the works and it was gonna be led by Ahsoka and Sabine, but it was animated and then that's what this is now.
2: Fuck yeah, it is. And I am so excited! <clears throat> Get ready to enter the Sabine corner, ladies and gents and droids. And my God, when they announced officially who she who was playing her, who was playing Sabine Wren, uh, I believe it was Natasha Lyabydizzo, something like that. Natasha? Natalie? I don't know. Now I'm blacking out because I went to Marvel in my head. Natalie? Natasha? We'll fix it in post 145. She's absolutely going to be perfect for this. Uh, I watched her in one of these interviews during uh, the live stream on YouTube that they had for star Wars celebration. And it was brilliant. Um, You can tell exactly why she got cast as Sabine and her rapport back and forth with Rosario is very exciting to see, considering this is basically their show. And when I say, that Sabine Wren is the greatest Mandalorian of all time. I will fight and kill anybody that wants to fight and die. Honestly, if you want to fight on that mole Hill, I'll win because this is the way. However, when they showed that ending credit shot, I'm like, Oh my God, we're going to get like peak Sabine with the best haircut she has in the entire show. And that's saying a lot. She's got a lot. Um, with the short buzz purple hair, we're gonna find Ezra Bridger, Ezra Bridger, and most importantly of all, I think everyone has forgotten that Grand Admiral Mithran Yorodo is going to everyone be in drink. The show. <laughs> everyone drink. I forgot that he is in this show. I think until I was like messaging Nathan, I was like, Oh, and then all of a sudden, he's like, Yeah, I can't wait to see Thrawn's face, and I'm like, Oh. We're gonna get Sabine, Wren and Thrawn, like my two favorite non-force-sensitive characters of all time—and Harrison
3: Bola. Hera was there. We saw her. And Chopper's gonna be there.
2: Yeah. Live-action Zeb is in the trailer. Everyone's showing up.
3: Rebels will is so underrated. Dave Filoni voice Chopper again. That's the only thing. Oh, that's yeah. the, that's the thing uh, I'm wondering. Yeah.
2: yeah. He, he, oh my God, is Dave Filoni gonna just be? the rebel like the, the X-Wing pilot with them is Dave is Trapper Wolf. Just going to be there the whole time. Let's go. I want Dave Filoni and Ahsoka. Now. <laughs> um, yeah. Ah- ah- Ahsoka has Sabine has Thrawn. Maybe another show later we'll have Thrawn. We'll find out. I don't know. You know what might not have Thrawn, but has some Mandalore Mando season three. Nathan, what'd you think about Mando season three? What are you excited for?
5: Um, more I'm more so excited about Mando season 4 than season 3 but we have to go to season 3 before <laughs> um I just wanted to throw out my theory really quickly oh, after seeing it. that after seeing that uh, leaked teaser Bo-Katan is completely against Din now like she's siding against him. and um I, didn't I think really...
3: she'll be I think she'll be the main oh, like yeah. antagonist of yes. season 3
5: and so basically my theory is that by the end of season three, she and the Night Owls will have uh, started Death Watch again. Death Watch is going to make a comeback. We're going to have Death Watch versus the Mandalorian or like Din Djarin's, uh Creed of Mandalorians for a, Man- a Mandalore Civil War in season four.
2: Okay. All right.
4: I, I, I would say, it. yeah, um, I, that. I, need I that. think I'm look, man, I'm excited. Mandalorian hasn't stirred me, steered me wrong yet. I think it's a great show. It's very well done. I lo- like when it was, you know, season 2.5 in Book of Boba Fett, like that was when the show really took off. Like that was it. It's like, oh, my gosh, we're back. Grogu, Luke, um, Din Djarin, like he's just. Pedro Pascal doesn't get enough credit for what he brings to that character in his voice, in his mannerisms, when it is him in the suit. But just in general, it's like that character really has so much depth to him. And there's such thing, something so iconic about him now. Um, I'm excited for his uh, what he picked up in Book of Boba Fett, that new ship, right? The new kind of Naboo starship. Uh, that Starfighter like I love that thing and I'm so excited I, when I saw that in some of the leaked whatever that came out in that trailer yeah yeah I'm like yes dude I love that and I think it's such a cool um, new direction they're going with that ship and there's so much they can do with it and I love the you know bringing it back from the prequels and all that so yeah like man to me it's like this is a show that everyone's going to be watching because there's that investment, right? We're now all invested in this story. There's nothing that they have to really do in a trailer to prove themselves to me. It's like, let's just keep going, right? Like we, we're all invested with Grogu and, and Mando at this point. Like we are all in it. Let's just keep riding this ride. Like Let's keep going on this journey. I think that's what like general audiences in general. General audiences in general. Yeah, great. I was.
2: Um, they, thank you. I need a double salute for that. One solid yeah. words.
4: Yeah. So, generally, general audiences in general. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, people are just going to be wa- tuning into this every week. Um, and it's going to be one of those just an- another kind of everyone tunes in, everyone's talking about it. And I can't wait. Like, I'm excited for that again because Mando is special in that way. And they're keep coming back for season after season and every like, Klein mentioned earlier the fact that some people really like Mando is Star Wars to, to them, right? Like this has really become Star Wars, and it's become their I would probably the most valuable, like one of their most valuable, I guess, characters or sections of Star Wars. Obviously, with Grogu merchandising wise, but just in general, oh, it's yeah, like everyone is drawn now to the show. And Grogu it's
3: just, and Jin are easily the most valuable Star Wars characters. Since the Disney Plus, since the Disney Disney purchase of Lucasfilm, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah,
4: I would say so. Which is incredible to think when they had an entire sequel of new characters, a whole um, trilogy, a whole trilogy. Yeah, I mean that's what I meant, a whole trilogy. It's that
3: or like I would under there, I would put Kylo, Kylo or BB Eight,
4: BB Eight. Yeah, I would definitely put Kylo. I think he's just because he's the big bad, right? There's that lightsaber mm. with the hilt. Stuff like that. I think he kind of, in general, you know, was a. But I still
3: think I still think Grogu and Jin are like,
4: yeah, definitely. Um, And I'm just excited. Like I'm. This is like I said earlier. It's like my most anticipated or excited about. It's just a safe bet. Like I just want this. It's just become a TV show that I love. Like right now, Stranger Things four. Like it's like it's just something I can rely on that I'm going
3: to enjoy. And I just I'm excited to continue on. That's all. It's a known quantity. I I talk about this with like other things where I own a season's pass to something like an actor. Like like at this point, I own a Tom Holland season pass. I will see anything that he's in. I'm right. just, I'm in. I own a Marvel season pass where I'm just, no matter what happens, like they haven't led me astray yet. So I'm just going to continue. And that's kind of how I feel with Mando where I'm just like, I'm excited. I feel like I might be lesser excited than all of you, but I think that that's only because it's a known quantity. Like I just know mm-hmm. that I don't need to see anything. Just give me the series and I will enjoy it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I will say the thing I love most was angry Bo sitting on that throne, looking like she going to slice up Mando <laughs> if she had a saber, but she doesn't. Klein, let's bring this Cal Kestis talk home.
3: Oh, okay. Cal Kestis, Cal Kestis yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about, we'll talk about shortly after, but oh, Cal yeah. Kestis is back. I didn't think this was going to happen um, simply because there was no planned talk at Star Wars Celebration, but Star Wars Jedi Survivor, that's probably the first and only time I'll ever say the name correctly. Star Wars Jedi Survivor has been announced. Uh, It's coming to PS5, Xbox Series X slash S sometime in 2023. This trailer like blew me away. I am so interested. I love that. So the press release that they sent out with the game or with the trailer, Mm -hmm. this game is taking place five years after the first one, which I find fascinating. Very. Why are we doing this time jump? What has happened? Like the whole like I just played Fallen Order. You build this team, you grow with this team, you become kind of a group. I mean, right near the end of the game, you bring on a crew member that kind of feels like they're going to be part of the family. In um, Marin from Dothamir, the Darth Maul looking uh, lady, and five years going by, what has happened to this crew? What has happened to Cal? What have you guys gone through? There's some interesting stuff that they tease in this. Is that the, like? There's is that the Grand Inquisitor? That is seen in the in the trailer. He fights Mm -hmm. some person with a red lightsaber and a hood. Who could that be? There's somebody in a Bacta tank that I am with white anime hair that I want to know. Like, there's no indication as to who that is. And I like shout out to the marketing department here because they do very good job at not answering anything, but making me ask a whole lot of questions. (laughs) And yeah, I'm excited. I am I am so excited we're going to get more and I just, I love Cal. I love BD and I'm, I, yeah, I'm stoked.
5: Clan is Cal Kestis, a season pass character. Oh
3: yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, big time.
5: Oh <laughs> so, yeah. He's a part of your, dude. Your it's end? funny.
3: It's, it's hilarious because like having just played Fallen Order, and this was only the second time I've played it. I played it the weekend it came out, adored it, beat it. In, mm-hmm. I think I played it in two days, in two sittings. I played through the whole game. Jeez. And it's funny <laughs> because, like, having just replayed it, there's so many parallels between Obi-Wan Kenobi and that game. Like, that game introduces this whole idea of kind of, like, force PTSD, of, like, dealing with your trauma and yeah. reconnecting with the Force. And, and I'm excited... What I hope doesn't happen that happens in video game sequels all the time is we spent that whole first game. They did a great job at tying story to gameplay in that you unlocked these powers, which you unlock powers in games all the time. But they tied it to it was very significantly tied to story and him reconnecting with these terrible memories of of going through Order 66 and this and that. What I hope doesn't happen is... We start the next game and everything's gone again. Like, just start me as a kick-ass Jedi. You, I've become the Jedi. I have reconnected. I've rekindled that yep. that fire. Let me be a Jedi. Give me some new cool powers, and and I think this is going to be a really dark game. At least that's what the trailer tells me. I think that this is. I think that this could be the second of a trilogy and this is the empire strikes back. Like it's going to get dark. It is not going to be a happy game. I think we're going to lose some people that we enjoy. And I hope we get some crossovers between maybe Obi-Wan Kenobi shows up. I don't know. Like how cool would it be Uh, to, I I mean, I guess it can't happen timeline wise, but how cool would it be to have a scene in this game be a digital version of a scene straight from like the Andor show. Right. Right. I think or
4: even like so what about your theory about him being in Obi-Wan and it's like
3: but the timelines wouldn't work if this, they do like Obi-Wan no Obi-Wan can't show up in this game oh no but they no. oh wait whoa, whoa, whoa. I have it's my the, time it's totally it's, it's like the these, exact yeah. same time so they, what, yeah what if we saw a scene in Obi-Wan that is in this game and, and then like I he yeah.
4: Cal turns away but then like in the in the game we we follow him <laughs> yeah <laughs> instead of Obi-Wan no wait Klein like I said earlier it's not going to happen but like you think it it would happen because they take place at the exact same time because Fallen Order five years after this five years after that Obi-Wan is 10 years after episode three like this is this is the same timeline um, and me as a Fallen Order fan I, I am incredibly excited for this game i'm also excited that it's only ps5 and xbox uh series series x i think it looks fantastic like for just just on the surface obviously it wasn't a gameplay trailer or anything it was at like cinematic trailer but it looked amazing and this game is such a fun time i think this character is so interesting i am curious how they end the trailer the, the character eventually because like I don't know where he's he been all around. this time. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> he's like he's a pretty strong Jedi and he's going to only get any like much stronger. Um and you know and Vader knows of him at this point, right? So very interesting. Um that was something that that was something a pop for celebration getting that trailer. Um some intrigue, it looked phenomenal. Um and yeah, I just it, it's such a fun game and I think like I've talked to you before Klein. I'm kind of hoping there's a less traveling around. And more, mm-hmm. kind of focusing on maybe a, a. I would, I really want a wider, more customizable skill tree, where maybe you don't unlock everything, but you have to like almost like you can, you can alter it, right? You can like change your style and stuff like that. So I think that would be pretty cool. They may not go that direction, and that's fine. Um, but there's so much they could do. Like, uh, they did a really good job. This is a respawn, right? Yeah, respawn yeah, did is. a really good job. I think of sounds stupid but making a star wars game as a jedi right making it feel Mm -hmm. good which isn't always easy right it's not always easy to nail that i think now like specifically on the ps5 that i have like being able to experience that with the dual sense and everything to it like i think this could really be a great game to dive into and another like i think what this game did besides just being a fun video game was a really interesting star wars story where it's like it is one of these things where, if you're a Star Wars fan, like Jack is gonna, he doesn't play video games, is gonna watch all the cutscenes because he wants to be in on it, right? He wants to know about the lore and who this character is and how it all ties together. So, coming, I mean, this out of everything out of celebration, like Jedi Survivor was up there for me, in my opinion. Like, this is something that like, I think, wow.
3: Maybe not my biggest surprise because the other thing I want to talk about is like genuinely surprising to me. Mm. But like this was one of the biggest surprises of the weekend because I didn't think we were going to get it.
2: At least. Here. Yeah. 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 At least at least here. Um, you know, you were talking about feeling good and there's something that there's, there's something else that's making me feel good there. Klein, you just alluded to it. Uh, tell us. Tell us what happens when hope wins out.
3: Um, I just want to start us off by saying love wins, guys. Uh, I have expressed my feelings about Star Wars Visions on the show many times. Star Wars Visions is my all time number one, without a doubt, favorite Star Wars thing, movie, video game, book, TV show, anything. I think it captures what Star Wars is so perfectly, and it is so immensely creative. And yes, none of it's canon, but that doesn't matter at all. Um, It still feels like it is in that universe, and we're getting a season two, which I wholeheartedly believed we would never get, just because I don't think anyone other than me and Thomas watched Star Wars Visions. (laughs) Nathan, you're the big you're one of the biggest Star Wars yeah. fans I've ever met. Have you watched Star Wars Visions?
5: Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was on okay, the train good. from day one. I good. I loved it. Every episode.
3: So A visionary. I'm, what I'm fascinated about is they announce this show. There's no footage. They say we're not doing Japanese anime again, which immediately I'm like, wait, but it wasn't that the show. And then they said, no, they said, we are bringing in this time. It's going to be different animation styles from different parts of the world. There's an Indian studio working, an Irish studio working somewhere in Africa as well. It's it's Spain. They're jumping all over the world, which I think is so cool. And then Thomas, I don't know if you heard this quote, but what blew me away is they said, don't don't worry fans, Star Wars and anime have a future together, Mm. which I'm like, so... We're getting a season two. Does that mean we're also going to get a season three? Like, does that mean that Visions is just going to be something that they continue to do? And I'm sure it doesn't make them a ton of money because animation is expensive as hell and not a ton of people watch it. But I guess that's the beauty of Disney Plus is it's you have the subscriber base. You have this pool of money. I mean, you don't want to be funding things that aren't going to be watched, but maybe you can throw a bone to like a creative bone over here every once in a while because Mandalorian and WandaVision and all this is going to bring in the subscribers. Like I, I am so happy that we're getting more and I'm, is it soon? Like I I'm forgetting when it was, I think early next year, 23. Yeah. Spring 23, which I'm so excited about. I can't wait to just dive into these little tiny pocket stories again. They're, what is it, 15 minutes, I think, was the longest one um, in the first season. But, like, yeah, I yeah. I saw this news and, like, my heart warmed up. Like, I I jumped up and down. <laughs> I got on my phone. I tweeted one of my most liked tweets in a while. Um, but, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm so happy. Like, I, I'm giddy. I'm so happy because I didn't think it would happen. Like, I... I had no idea that it was they were going to do more just because I thought that that first season was, a, I mean, a failure, honestly. But like, I, I don't I think it I think it flopped more than they thought it was going to. Um, I just
2: I just don't think mm. it got viewer nu- viewership numbers. I don't think it did either, um, which is depressing because it was amazing. Klein. I actually thought maybe we're getting like an entire series based out of season one of vision, which would be so
3: cool. Like, give me a um, season, like give me one, like take three of those episodes and just give me like three seasons of one season per episode and like tell those stories. Oh my God. Yeah, that would be, oh my God. Yeah. Oh give me a God. ninth
2: Jedi series. Just <laughs> yeah. Give me a Ronin series. You kidding me? It's my favorite animation of them all. Honestly. What about
5: Toby? Nathan. Have you read the Ronan book? I have not. I haven't have either. No, I want to, but I've, I've got heard it's
2: really good. Yeah. Other books to read. <clears throat> yeah. Like brotherhood, man.
5: Brotherhood is so good.
2: Wait, you finished it?
5: No, I'm not. I've not completely finished. I'm, I'm like 60% through it. Probably.
2: All right. I can't say anything. there's like 50 something chapters. So that's, that's a lot. Um, Anyways, Nathan, what are you excited about with Vision Season 2? And how do you feel about the all-around-the-world animation companies now?
5: I like that a lot, but I hope that they do end up doing some kind of other series or spin-off or something else that is just pure Japanese anime. Um, but... I was kind of like Klein the other day when I saw the news and saw that they were going away from that. I was like, well, yeah, that was the whole point. But I think it's cool what they're doing. And we're going to get to see a lot of uh, different cultural influences with all these episodes. And I remember a while back, um, they said that they were going to try to continue some of the storylines from season one into season two. I don't think that's Mm going to happen now that they're going away from the anime, but uh, I'm just excited to see what they've got because I love season one.
3: I think it is cool. And uh, something that I said about season one that I echo again with season two is that they they are I mean, this franchise means so much to so many different people of so many different cultures, and they're giving them creative free reign. It's just like, here's the name, do whatever you want in it. And so the potential of that by bringing in different places around the world, I think, I mean, it's endless. You could do this forever. You could just keep giving animation studios from all over just the name and say, write whatever story you want. Don't worry about canon. Go ahead.
2: I, uh, I'm here for season two. I want them to go fucking bonkers. I want them to give me stuff. I didn't know existed. I enjoy the idea. We're going to get a lot of different animation companies from across the world. There's one out of South Africa and I'm wondering if it's going to be that company that works with Disney now that at Disney investors day is doing a whole series set all in, uh, like their culture and stuff, I can't remember it off the top of my head. Hmm. If that is the same, I remember it was out of the continent of Africa, which is very shitty of me to not remember. It feels, any geographic it, it location. feels
3: very much like um, what's that Netflix anthology? Uh, Love, death, and robots, which is <laughs> this which is this anthology series of these little bite-sized sci-fi stories that everyone is completely different with a completely different look. And if they can do that with this, I think that'd be very cool. Maybe even move away from just strictly 2D animation and have some of them be, I don't know, maybe like this is going to sound crazy and you may laugh at it, but like maybe stop motion or like some, some like let people get creative and do whatever they want.
1: Mm.
2: Oh God. I just thought about some awesome stop motion stuff that could happen. We don't have time. Uh, it's my turn. Well, I'll try to keep this short. Tales of the Jedi is going to have baby Ahsoka. <laughs> it's going dude, to dude. Have...
3: Baby Ahsoka is going to sell dude. so much merch.
2: Like so it... much merch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and uh, it's going to have a young Qui Gon, an older Qui Gon, and a young Jedi. Count Dooku. Dude, the blue to flaccid to uh,
4: lightsaber. Man, that thing. That's going to You be don't sells, mean the beam. You mean, you, mean well. this,
3: you mean the handle. Yeah, I know, you mean I mean know the where hill. you were going. Flaccid yes, hilt. I mean the hilt. <laughs> <I laughs> imagine see, imagine see, one see. of the beams just like, whoa. <laughs> <Just like, laughs>
5: 35 second side
2: tangent. Nathan, have you seen Star Wars Family Guy special? Yes. What the fuck? fuck david and klein you don't understand <laughs> what image just popped into my head because you have it next drunkening we're watching that it's 90 minutes we'll get drunk we'll watch it thomas we'll tell me a
3: place where can i watch it where is it yeah. accessible yeah where I, oh that's a good question is it on uh, disney plus if it's no. on disney plus sure no wherever you can we find have, family We have guy. family guy
2: on disney plus here there you go maybe it's yeah. it's there somewhere Are they just I can guarantee it yeah, what is it? Yeah, is it they might be f- hour long specials, but yeah, they recap all of Star Wars, and it's amazing. And it's I don't anyways, watch
4: Family Guy in general, though, is the issue.
2: It doesn't matter. Okay, it's so tied into fit fa- like to, it's the Family Guy humor, but tied into Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it's very right. good. Um, you
5: would enjoy it. It
2: it it, w- it is a little funnier if you understand everything, but if you understand Star Wars, you can still enjoy it. Similar to Spaceballs tales of the jedi yep it's a trap part one and two
3: (laughs) they are on i'm sorry uh this is an audio podcast i have been frantically researching over the last uh, few seconds the family guy star wars episodes are on disney plus here in canada so thomas just for you just for you thomas i will watch them
2: Maybe we should wait until, again, the drunkening. But Back to the plot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited that we're going to get a, a young Qui-Gon. It's going to be voiced by Liam Neeson's son. Older Qui-Gon's voiced by Liam Neeson himself. Uh, I'm very excited that we're getting the actress who played, is her name Aiden, uh, Aiden Voss? Aiden Verso? Aiden Verso? Aiden Verso. Janina Javankar,
3: I think, is her name. Yes.
2: Yeah, she's voicing the mother of Ahsoka. And again, I watched her. I watched a lot of people on this Star Wars Celebration live stream. Go check that out really fast. If you haven't, and just fast forward to the people you want to see. So much fun stuff. Daniel Logan and his son are adorable. But yeah, she's the mother of Ahsoka. And it looks like we're going to get two stories, six episodes, three episodes per arc. And it's likely going to be Ahsoka's life before she's sent out to be with Anakin is my guess. Maybe it's older Ahsoka recounting stories about her childhood that she remembers, but I don't think that. Uh, And then in the Dooku one, I have no idea, but Yaddle made an appearance. So that's pretty awesome. Maybe we find out a little bit more about Yaddle and the species of the Yodels, Yaddles, and Grogu's. Um, uh, I know that David, hater of animation, is never going to watch Tales of the Jedi. Boo. Nathan, what are you looking forward to? What, how do you feel about the Tales of the Jedi out uh, late 2022, it says. So coming this year.
5: Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be coming so soon. When hmm. they said 2022, I was like, that's this year. And we've got a yeah. lot coming this year or early next year. Um, I kind of wish it would was, was longer than six episodes. I mean, that's kind of because, you know, these aren't going to be hour long yeah there that's just not how the animation has been with star wars but uh, I, qui-gon is my favorite jedi so obviously very excited about that and the young dooku that that's what's intriguing me most about it young dooku and yeah yeah have you read dooku jedi lost i don't think so (gasps)
2: oh holy shit you gotta read that book man you gotta read that book this is why i'm uh, that book is why i'm very very excited to see where in this era we fall with dooku because i don't remember if he has a padawan uh in there but i know that we have flashbacks in some book with qui-gon too when he was being trained by dooku in some ways um, if i recall dooku jedi lost it's it is it's an Asaj Ventress MacGuffin story that takes you through uh, holocrons of Dooku recounting his life and old videos and etc., etc., etc. It's very interesting. Um, but yeah, that's Tales of the Jedi. Klein, how do you feel about uh, the Tales of the Jedi?
3: Give me anything in that clone wars animation style and I will just eat it up. Like it looks mm. it looks so good. Um I'm a sucker for good animation and I'm very excited for this. I'm very I'm interested it's not what I thought it would be. I thought it was going to be kind of as we talked about kind of vignettes from different Jedi's perspective, like just like a, 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 an adventure with Ahsoka and then an adventure with Mace Windu. And um, so I'm interested to see, they've kind of described it as like, it's like two arcs of like two kind of three episode arcs, which I think is cool. And I think, again, it's something that they can just continue doing. You can just continue filling in blanks with these Jedi. I mean, they, they, They've gone and done stuff that doesn't have to be super crazy consequential. And and I feel like a lot of the books get into some of these sorts of adventures, uh, give people who, I don't know, I I don't want to say I don't want to read, but like give like there's more opportunities for this kind of storytelling in the in the universe. And so I'll take it. I'm excited. I'm so excited to see the Ahsoka stuff because I'm Ahsoka Tano fan number one. I'm I'm stoked. David
4: will you watch it? Uh I'm interested in uh, I don't know if Nathan like I like Nathan's take that I very respectful that like, Qui-Gon's his favorite Jedi. He's up there for me. Um, mm. and I think like is is the is the uh, is the is the beat that it's like Qui-Gon and Dooku is that what it's mm-hmm. going to be? Yeah, so yeah. that sounds cool. Like I might check that out. Unlike Klein I mean, I'm not trying to make this an everyday thing, but I do not love the jet, the uh, animation style uh, that was like shown, and I was like, "eh, like."
3: That it's just the Clone Wars style. I thought you I liked don't like was. the Clone Wars style or the Rebel <sighs> style.
2: What the fuck do you like? I don't know.
3: Darth Vader's Vader. saying... You,
2: <laughs> <laughs> moving, moving on to the skeleton crew. This is this is going to be short because I don't think we don't have enough information. I have, yeah, on I've here. got
3: nothing. I have got
2: nothing to say on skeleton crew. I have. One but Eric Voss, this. Eric Voss, put an idea in my mind. But I want to hear David Thompson go first. For all I had was
4: for skeleton crew is that this thing has I think a underrated already the rating game an underrated amount of potential. Yeah. I think this thing could be a crazy hit if it nails the kid acting. Because from what I understand, it's Jude Law and a bunch of freaking kids that mm-hmm. are running around in the Star Wars Galaxy. And if they are going and this this is what we've talked about. This this is like Stranger this Things is that, asked.
3: Yes, yeah, that grammar rodeo project.
4: This is the this is the um John Watts project. Yep. Yes. Yep. This thing has insane potential to me that I think no one's going to see coming, but could be an immediate huge hit with, like, general audiences. And that's all I really have. Like, we, we we have nothing on this yet, but I love the idea of Jude Law being the adult in the room. Like, he's perfect for that, whatever his role is going to be. All these kids. John Watts is... I could see where John Watts is going to do this now instead of Fa- Fantastic Four, which is kind of seemingly what's happening. I mean, if you think about it that way, I don't know, like, much, I mean... That may not necessarily be like the decision making here, but he's not Mm -hmm. doing Fantastic Four and he's doing this, right? So I think this story could be something really cool. And I just think it has an underrated already amount of potential for this project. I think that if they nail the kid actors and the story is interesting, this could be a really unique new look at Star Wars and hit a different like demographic than Star Wars normally does where it's, I think this could be. Um, I think a lot of more general audiences could like this. That maybe don't like Star Wars. Typically, they don't make like, Star Wars fans. They're like, that looks so cool, right? Like that looks like that's like a really fun time. Something Strangers Things esque, but in Star yeah. Wars. Like it. And they have to nail the casting. But it, based on the Leia casting, you know they probably will. So I, I'm excited for it. I, this is an underrated one for me, where I am already really excited for this show because it seems different and something that I think I think it's going to be a, a big hit. I don't know why. I just think it's really going to be a big hit, even though it, it shouldn't, but it, I think it will be.
2: That's all. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was trying to, that, that whole time, I was trying to figure out who is casting that series. Mm-hmm. I cannot find it, but if it's Carmen Cuba, yeah, it's going to be great because that's who casts everything. Right. Also, this series is written by Christopher Ford the person who wrote the screenplay for Spider-Man Homecoming. Possibly. Were, Let's most people's. Go. Yeah, most people's, like, the bottom of their elite Star Wars... Uh, Spider-Man films, excuse me. I'm telling <clears> you, <throat> dude. Unlimited yeah, it, potential. It, it is set up for a lot of good things. Yes. And the way you guys describe it makes me kind of, like, pause at what I'm about to say. <gasps> but Eric Voss... Has said that Jude Law would be a great casting for Grand Admiral Thrawn. And it appears that we might be getting Skeleton Crew maybe before Ahsoka. I don't remember when they said Ahsoka. Was, I don't think so. But they are no, filming Skeleton they're Crew just right, filming now. right now. Hey man, they're just they've only been filming Ahsoka for three weeks. So they're not far off. And Depending on if this is a six episode versus eight episode, they will be done faster. Jude Law could be playing Grand Admiral Thrawn. He, maybe that's the whole story of where Thrawn is and where Thrawn gets to. How did he come out of it? Here's what I really hope for. It's about you know kids lost in the galaxy. What if they are Chiss Skywalkers? And Grand Admiral Thrawn has to come in and save his own kind from the treachery of the New Republic. And then he saves them and you find out Thrawn's a good guy. And then that leads into Ahsoka where Thrawn is helping Ahsoka and Sabine find Ezra Bridger because he was very hospitable in our time away. All right, I'm done. That's all I needed. Skeleton crew. Nathan, what do you think about that? Do you want some Thrawn? How do we feel, fans of Rebels, about Lars Mickelson versus Jude Law, casting of
5: Thrawn? Lars is obviously always going to be my number one because that's what I heard first. That's what I'm familiar with. But we all know how talented Jude Law is. I mean,
3: Captain if any, Marvel.
5: If anybody can make it work. So, either way, yeah. I, it's fine with me. Either way, I, I would take either one of them. I'm not going to be upset either way.
2: Klein.
3: I think they should go off the board. I don't know. Ooh. I like Lars a lot. I think Lars is fantastic. Um, I would pick Lars uh, between those two. Okay. Um, I will admit it being a rebels fan even like i'm not the biggest thrawn guy i mm, i like him i think he's a fine antagonistic force but i'm not i'm not dying to see more of that character i'll say that um like i am some of the other rebels characters like ezra and and uh and our girl ahsoka and sabine yes and everyone there um but mm. yeah i don't know cast kate mckinnon
2: see what happens Oh, that would be fucking insane. <laughs> I love that. I love Kate McKinnon. I would be so down for that <laughs> casting, man. Give Thrawn long hair. Let's fucking go. Um, out of the two, I don't genuinely... I, I would like Lars because he does have some of the bone structure for it, right? He can act. I don't think I've seen him act in things. People, uh, Nathan is like, ah, oh, he's uh He's great, and as, the, like, he's great ooh, as the Russian yeah. president in House of Cards. Yeah, see, there you go. I didn't even... I don't think I made it that far, if I'm being honest, in House of Cards. Uh, So I'm like, yeah, cool. But Jude Law immediately brings the facial expressions that I think of when I'm reading Grand Admiral Thrawn. He may not exactly look like him, but his facial tics are similar enough. He's able to keep it composed while also giving you just enough information to know like, oh, yeah, I just took that. Yeah, you just revealed your grand plan that I have now destroyed in your honor. Um, so I don't care. Just give me Thrawn. Make him make him as compelling as the books. That is my only real request. Make him as because in Rebels, Klein, I agree. I was like, cool, Thrawn. Oh, he's dead. Like, oh, Ezra and them are dead. Oh, well, he could be well if Ezra's alive, then maybe, yeah, I guess. Blah blah blah. Thought about it. Cool. When I read the Thrawn books that is one of the most compelling star Wars characters. And it's why he's my number one, non force sensitive. And he's up in my top three. Probably it's a, it's a strong push. So that's the rebel report. We did it. Uh, you can find us, you can find us on Twitter at reckless rebels. All one word, no hyphens, no spaces, man. We talked about a lot of stuff. Nathan, where can everyone find you on the socials? Um,
5: I'm mainly just on Twitter at Nathan smalls, 13, it's where i spend most of my time
2: hanging out there's yeah. a rumor that you also work at the direct can you confirm
5: oh that is true i'm a writer at thedirect.com. <laughs> huge huge scoop guys <laughs> you heard it here fifth kids and i'm going to officially title myself as the expert on the grand inquisitor because <laughs> i wrote an article last week about the grand inquisitor and now I, got, I wrote another one this week about the Grand Inquisitor, but that one has not come out yet.
3: But, That's your thing.
5: Yeah. Soon.
3: Clio. I'm at the Klein Felt everywhere. Twitter, Instagram. Check out my LinkedIn. Got a sick resume over there. Uh, <laughs> it's nice, at the Klinefelt. Yes. That is the, the word. The K-L-E-I-N-F-E-L-T. Also host a video game podcast called Controller Club. Wherever you're listening to this, search Controller Club <laughs> in the search bar. Find us. Listen, subscribe. Five stars, five stars. We have lots of fun over there as well.
5: It's a great show, I can attest. David.
3: Had a record-breaking week, so... <laughs> Fallen <laughs> we might, Jedi might survivor of it all. Right. <laughs> 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 gonna go back down to the uh, low. We're gonna dip again this week, but hopefully we'll be able to nah. ride some momentum coming. It's exciting in June for video games, just because it is... We don't have E3 this year, but... We've got announcements happening and things like that. So if you look games, which a lot of there's a lot of crossover between Star Wars and video games. Big time. Come on over. We're very friendly over there.
4: Oh, yeah. Very friendly. You can find me over at David Thompson on Twitter. That's two A's in the David. I am also a writer at the direct.com, but I am not the expert on the grand inquisitors. I am the box office. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I am the box office. (laughs) I am the box office. (laughs) Um, Speaking of the box office, I host a movie business podcast called cinema spending. Um, This upcoming episode, I will be doing a solo episode, which I have not done since episode one. Um, So I'm very excited about that. Um, It should be a good episode. Um, Go check that out. Trying to make movie business fun for film fans. Uh, Just had a really good episode. I had Sam Hargrave on uh, from the direct.com as well. Um, He had some really good insight. We had a fun little draft and really the big thing from last week. The draft was great. A lot of fun. Top Gun Maverick is absolutely killing it. And there's so much to talk about when it comes to that movie, the summer blockbusters. and. The summer season, not only is it exciting for video games, it's exciting for the box office. I mean, we have a lot coming down the pipe, and it's going to be very interesting in this first summer, really, since the pandemic, to see how it goes. What happens? where's the legs? Where's not the legs? Because all these studios have different strategies now, and it's very interesting trying to keep up with all of it, even when it comes to streaming films. Uh, so we're trying to do it all over there on Cinema Spending, so you can follow on Twitter there, and wherever you find this podcast, you can find it over there as well. Thomas I will
3: I will say yeah. before we go to Thomas I will say David I've yes. listened to every episode of your show and I'm listening this week Thanks, Clint. you and Sam Hargrave are talking I'm like this is great fantastic and I came up with the perfect comparison for what you are doing at cinema spending David <laughs> Thompson is the Bill Nye the Science Guy of the box office <laughs> Okay you take you okay here's so you take these concepts of the box office and the movie business and you break them down in a way that is so digestible and so understandable and it's not just you it's the guests you have on as well and that's mm-hmm. what Bill does he's like, hey physics I'm gonna teach Klein in third grade what physics is and tell me about gravity and this and that and throw he drops the ball and it that's gravity like you are the bill and I of the box office and you, wow. need to, you need to
4: coin that that's you okay that is a high praise thank you Klein. I really appreciate that I, I that couldn't be higher praise honestly. Thomas. Thomas, what are you the Bill Nye
2: of? <laughs> Feet pics.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> nope. You can find me at Linktree.com forward slash lights thunder action. That's not right. You can find me at Linktree.com forward slash TC Rochester Act. That's also my Twitter, TC Rochester Act, T C R O C H E S T E R A C T. I'll see you over there. I talk a lot about Star Wars and uh, maybe sometimes acting. Folks, It's been a long show. We're going to skip recommendations. Thank you, Nathan Johnson, the master of Grand Inquisitor. Thank you for joining us and dropping your knowledge in the Holocron of the Grand Inquisitor.
5: It was a pleasure as always.
2: Uh, And humans and droids, we've reached the end of the episode. Remember the force is your ally and a powerful ally. It is. We have spoken, get some twin sunlight and stay hydrated. This was podcasting. Yippee!
4: Are you an angel?
3: I am an angel. Thank you very much, little Annie. What? If I want to buy a movie (laughs) at home instead of going and seeing it at the theaters, let me. Right, David? Yeah, totally. If it's been
4: out for a few months at least. If I
3: want to watch Top Gun Maverick on this screen right here on this uh, phone, sideways in my bed, uh, let me. The way have, it was meant have to be an watched. in October,
4: Klein, you can do that. The way it
3: was meant to be watched, <laughs> this far from my face, dropping it on my forehead. I'm every going. 20
4: minutes. I'm going to a 4DX theater on Saturday, um, which I've never done 4DX before. Which is like a Regal thing, and it's all. It's like. It seems gimmicky, and I am like the first person like this looks super gimmicky. My brother like isn't even a big movie guy, and like says it's so much fun. And I'm very and it's there's been promotions marketing for specifically Top Gun in 4DX, so I'm pretty excited to see it.
3: Someone I know saw it in 4DX down in down down there, and they said it was a religious experience. Yeah, it's I mean, it seems actually they said like they felt like they were flying. It planet. seems
4: made for it. Like
3: there's so many different effects.
5: Oh my god, that is so. Much I feel better. like that's one of the only movies that could get away with it
3: apparently yeah. they do a snow effect that they'd never done where like suds come down yeah and it like it feels i watched a like youtube snowing. video
4: there's like so you i mean there's the you move there's like the specific like it, it could rain it could um mist it could do sense and then like they could and then so that's like kind of right in front of you like that's like what's your your chair and the chair in front of you like can throw those effects at you but mm-hmm. then there's like fog machines and big wind like fans to add like that cool. effect for the entire room and the setup i'm curious how it's going to be with the one i go to but on the youtube video the setup seems like it's kind of a smaller screen more of a flat kind of experience and a smaller theater but but it's you know kind of like that ride experience it's gonna it's Seems very unique and not necessarily my normal taste, but for this, I'm, I'm excited to go.